So I've been thinking lately about a bold new controversial sandwich. Okay. And you know how sandwich names are very regional, where right, you yeah. go to one part of the country and you see a, a, a sandwich that's on a roll and it's stacked full of meats and veggies and stuff. Right. It might be a submarine. Might be a grinder. Might be a yeah, hero. Hoagie. Or the elusive hero sandwich. Mm-hmm. I have a concept for a sandwich I'm thinking of as the villain sandwich. Okay. Because <laughs> for every hero, there needs to be an antithesis, a villain. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a villain sandwich. Do you think this sounds like a good idea? Okay, yeah. I, I think it's two slabs of meat with a piece of bread in between them. I mean, <laughs> I don't hate that idea. It's a little more low-carb friendly for you. Right, and like, so would the meat be thicker? It's not like the oh, yeah. thin yeah, slice. Yeah. No, it's no, no. thicker and maybe a thinner slice of bread. It's like two pieces of prime rib. Hell yeah. With like I'm a piece of like, this. like Texas toast. Or actually, you know what? Let's go even less bread. Let's flip the proportions entirely. Mm-hmm. It's two pieces of prime rib with a tortilla in the middle. Okay. Because fuck All bread. Because right. fuck bread. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to the Sandwich Hatinist and Lovinist podcast. That's us. In the multiverse that is known and unknown and beyond and mm-hmm. all kinds of other yeah. things. In unknown parts of the universe, we're still the best. Yeah, and they still yeah. know of us out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why, it's dead and lovely here with the host that's the most. It is I, the one of what is known as Uncle Ben. And I am also known as Uncle Ben. Interesting. Am I? No, 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 no it's no, Hollywood no. Steve. Oh, well, that's, that's it. It's you. It's you, Hollywood Steve. It's me. How you been doing this week here, Steve? Really good, man. Yeah? Um, I discovered something amazing. Okay, tell me that about That I want to tell you guys all about. And it is um, that you can really add nice, crispy, browned cheese to a number Ooh, of dishes. To just about anything. Yeah, that's right. Here's here's a little thing to try. Give me a sample. Give me a Susan of what you're doing with a crispy get, cheese. Get your get your pan ready for your omelet. Have your omelet all ready to be poured in the pan. Oh, I know where this is going. Hit the pan first yeah. with your cheese. Uh-huh. Let it get a little bit melty, start to brown, then put your, your egg on it. Oh yeah. And when you close it, it's just this beautifully browned cheese. Oh my god. And it's got, like got a so web. much more flavor. It's fucking awesome. Are you doing that with a shred cheese or like a slice rig? Uh, shred, but you yeah. can do it with sliced, of course, yeah, if that's how you're going. Um, Honestly, I think a shred works better it for does. that. Yeah, it does, yeah, because it leaves this... holes for the egg exactly. to get through. Exactly, yeah. dude. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, because a lot of times when you put too much cheese in an omelet or a scramble, yeah. it kind of results in making the whole thing very slimy and loose. Yeah, it's just kind of slimy, and then like some of it doesn't get as melted as the rest, and I want my cheese to be nice and melty. Mm-hmm. Here, here's something else I discovered after watching a burger video. Alan uh, Kalen, who uh, opened Egg Slut Egg in Los Slut. Angeles. Egg Slut is what? gigantic in Los Angeles. <laughs> the, I love it already. The egg sandwiches are amazing. Holy shit. But he, he also has a burger restaurant, and he has a burger show. And on one episode, they went to these Connecticut places and one of the places they when they make a grilled cheese they take four slices of cheese and they put just the corners on the patty and the rest directly on the flat top what 
and then it gets browned and crisp oh and they curl it up over the burger oh my god dude. so i was making my wife a quesadilla to take to work and i was like yep i've done this with a quesadilla just it's put so it all good. the way to the edge put it yes. all the way like just put it directly in the pan yeah, let it dude. get nice and crisp and then curl it in it's so good and you want to do a thin i mean layer. i didn't get to have it because it was on a tortilla but it looked amazing <laughs> And you want to do a thin layer of that cheesy yeah, stuff too. Yeah, I, what I yeah. did actually was two thin layers. I did a thin layer and it, you know, I did it on low temp and did a thin layer, let it brown, folded that in, then oh put another God. layer down and folded it in. Crispy brown cheese is actually the matter that holds the universe together. It is. I'm quite sure yeah. of it. Dude, all this food talk is getting real good to me right now because like this week I haven't had time to cook almost almost anything we yeah. have been in maximum moving <laughs> overdrive fucking stress oh there's so much shit going on right now goodness gracious mm. dude oh my gracious god it yeah is just if it sounds ridiculous. more echoing uh echoey this episode yeah. that's not just that i'm not the best editor in the world it's also because there's nothing in this room. There's nothing here. I mean, you were here a week ago, and yeah. there was a lot more stuff yeah, in this fucking art house. And, and, and guitars normally hanging on the walls. Yeah, now there is nothing. nothing. It's pure like nihilism. You're a minimalist, yeah. And, you know, it's one of those deals where I'm getting so excited about, about moving to Knoxville and being closer to my friends and my bandmates and my bandmate friends and my podcast buddies and yeah. all this jazz. It's going to be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it also hit me this week that, like, this is the first time that any of my friends will have lived within, like, 40 minutes of me it, since college. Wow. Like, my friends haven't lived near me since right. I was in college. Like, after college... everybody else went to Knoxville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody either moved to Knoxville to go to college, which is 40 minutes from here, right. at That's least. why I moved to Knoxville, yeah. Yeah. They either moved there for college, or after college, they moved. Right. I haven't lived near my friends in like a decade. It fucking sucks. But you know how great your friends are that we will come down here because there's no other reason why we would come to Jefferson County. No, absolutely not. (laughs) I come to see my family sometimes, but that is it. That's about it. There was no reason. Well, other than Elsa's on our our Mexican restaurant. Elsa's on is good. You need to come here for that. I still maintain best fajitas I've ever had in the country. They have really I've good had, stuff here. I've had a fajita about everywhere because I'm basic like that. You are. We, we, we found out before this episode, Ben told me that he doesn't really like Mexican food. That's true. And All he likes is I'm fajitas. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud oh. of that fact. I like fajitas were the first thing I ever had, and that was at El Cezon. Boom. First Mexican restaurant, other than, you know, Taco, Taco Bell. Bell or Taco John's. Yeah. It, I mean,. It was amazing. I remember at the time, and now I never get it because it's like it's almost like a flashy dish, mm. you know, because they bring it in the sizzling pan and stuff. You get all the attention. The whole you restaurant the, goes, and what I don't did want he that. order? I don't Ooh. want that. <laughs> Dude, I want the fame. I want that fajita fame. <laughs> I like, there's a hashtag fajita famous. Hashtag fajita fame. <laughs> There's a Mexican restaurant in Knoxville called Palancho's. Yeah, Palancho's. Uh, next to Downtown West. That yeah. are really that is like has a real creative menu. They have a aguacate relleno, look at which is an avocado stuffed with cheese and deep fried. Oh, and I want to get that in my it's face. Amazing. They also have this thing called burritos Jeremias, which is bacon wrapped. I've heard you talk about that. It's that sounds really crazy. Good. Whoever Jeremy is, he's spoken. He knows what's up, and he loves bacon. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's bacon. <laughs> That place is pretty good. I got <laughs> I got way too drunk there one time on accident. This was when I was in grad school. Whoops, got drunk. <laughs> well, this is what happened. Um, 
I went to meet my wife and my mother-in-law at This is an, an arranged marriage. It was yes. like, meet your wife. Yeah, they were like, these are, you're meeting these two people today. <laughs> you're already married. You've not even met her yet. No, I went to go meet them. It was Cinco de Mayo. And they were like, let's, you know, get some Mexican food. And we went to Palancho's, which I, I like. I, uh, che Guevara is really good, too. That's the side of cultural appropriation I'll gladly take. Che Guevara? Cinco de, no, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Let's 100%. eat Mexican food and margaritas. Yeah, same with St. Patrick's Day. Let's get drunk. Let's get it fucked yeah. up yeah but i i went to meet them and they had 32 ounce beers for like five bucks or something oh so yeah. i got a 32 ounce dos Equis amber strong move and i had that thing down pretty quick because i was really thirsty it's an easy so, drinker uh my my wife and my mother-in-law hadn't got there yet the guy comes back he's like you want another and i'm like yeah i'll have one so i can have one for the rest of the meal so I'm drinking it, and my wife gets there, and she's like, let's order margaritas. <laughs> Plural, margaritas. Uh-huh. So we order a pitcher of strawberry margaritas, and this is when my wife had first started drinking. She took one drink of them and was like, no, no. Not for me. Not for me. Too alcoholic. All for you. Yeah. So oh, I ended up Jesus then Christ. after slamming two 32-ounce Dos Equis Ambers, <laughs> drinking a pitcher of margaritas. Woof. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I had to pee so bad on the drive back home. And I was very like tipsy at this point. Yeah. And my wife was like, my wife was like, well, we can't like go into a gas station because you're too drunk (laughs) (laughs) to expel your 100 ounces of liquid that are in your bladder. Just pee in a bottle or something. (laughs) We were were on the way home and I felt like I was going to explode. You need to like a gallon jug at that point. Yeah. And I pull out this bottle and I am so pee shy. My wife has seen my penis numerous times, but still cannot pee next to my wife in a moving car. So yeah, okay, it, I say that, but like, I, I've never peed in front of Kate in a moving car at yeah. home. Many oh, yeah, times I pee, I pee in front of my wife at home, but uh, in a moving it might be car, different in a car. Yeah, yeah I mean, it might be different. And even though it felt like my bladder was going to explode, I could not force anything out. Oh my so god! So there was another ten miles of driving before I finally got to pee, and I just ran into the house. <laughs> drunkenly (laughs) oh my gosh and i i think i ended up talking a lot but the other two people with me were not drunk oh my god i embarrassed myself in front of my (laughs) mother-in-law hey steve i'll I'll drink to that hell yeah i'll drink to that (laughs) let's go ahead and get ourselves a pull in memory of your good time at that mexican (laughs) which one do you want to start with here okay so ben i flipped the script on you this week yeah you you told me to pick up some beers and i um I was looking at the beers for stuff I had never seen, and I saw two things that I've never had that are both three carbs apiece. Whose house? Steve's Steve's house. house. We got right here, we're going to start with the Slightly Mighty uh, Locale IPA by Dogfish Head. I like like a Dogfish Head. I like Dogfish Head. These are low carb, but they're also low alcohol. They're only 4%. Okay. So that's not bad. 4%. That's fine, man. This locale IPA is brewed with mighty aromatic hop varieties that deliver tropical notes with a slightly sweet balance provided by the monk fruit extract. Hey, put the fruit of a monk in this thing. Monk fruit extract. Stop. Clap, clap, clap. I wonder what this is about. I'm looking forward to trying this. Yeah, me too. I'm interested. I, I, I did not know that these beers existed. I could have had a beer every once in a while. Yeah, really? Yeah. That's not very many carbs or anything at all. Yeah. Dink this thing and sink this thing here, as they would say on a good mythical. Okay. 
It's real light in flavor, but it, it does is. have a good IPA like citrus to it. This is one of those ones. I again, I'm gonna say a meal friendly IPA. Yeah, yeah, you could this. That's perfect, you know, because it, it just IPA. sort of washes it down. It kind of gives you a palate cleanse. Totally, go on to the next bite. Up front, it's got a little bit of that Lagunitas thing that I love so much. Ooh. The aftertaste is surprisingly pilsnery. Yeah, it's like, pretty good. The right? aftertaste to me tastes kind of like a, a high life or something like that. Well, I'm, a, I'm very okay with this. Head. This is one of those ones that, like, you know, this is a perfect hot day, sit on the porch. Mm-hmm kind of beer yes. you know well you don't want to have one of those big old fucking 10 percenters right. or something out there but if you want some good ipa flavor it's a pretty good way to do it i like a dogfish head man i'm a fan i do too i do too so way to go dogfish way head i'm making a good low calorie ipa somehow. dude we're gonna get just emaciated as fuck drinking this beer <laughs> we're gonna be so thin we're gonna turn I'm invisible when we stand sideways just update just to brag some more i'm halfway to my my weight loss goal you've done it you've half done it yep 40 i'm 45 pounds down i got 45 to go man alive That's where are they awesome. going yeah really where are they going i don't know i've had this idea for a long time that I, I really wish I could execute or, or put into like maybe even just a, a nice basic animation form or something like that. But you know, we learned in science class that that fat is stored energy in the body. Yes. Right? I've had this idea for a long time that it'd be so awesome if you could just like hunch down and do the most like incredible like jump like 300 feet in the yeah, air. Yeah, just using all your fat at once. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going <laughs> to use up all my energy. There's like a rocket trail going up behind you. And you're just like, and you jump, you know, and you That'd come down and your clothes are all baggy and yeah. stuff. It's like, I just hey guys, my stored energy. Lost weight. <laughs> the only negative to that would be you'd have a whole lot of flappy skin. There'd be a lot of... Oh, well, yeah. that, that's the thing, though. Parachute for the way down. Hey, all right. <laughs> you spread you it. Use it like, like one of those like flying squirrels. <laughs> just kind of like glide down. <laughs> Somebody, please. I know we have a lot of artists that listen to the show. Somebody, please animate that. Yeah. You know, or make like a four-panel comic or something. Like, I just that. want to see it. Tag that shit. Trademark, <laughs> dead and lovely. Dude, it has just been a heinously, unbelievably busy week. Like yeah. I said, trying to get the move going and all that jazz, it has just been ridiculous. And I've got some very big, high-profile, awesome gigs coming up. Uh, yes, tomorrow, I leave for this great Telecaster invitation, invitational twanging, awesome right. guitar fest thing in Nashville, and I'm playing with Andy Wood. Then the day after that, in Knoxville, I'm playing bass with Andy Wood, bass with the phenomenal Andy Timmons, who's Uh been a lifelong idol of mine. And also, Kingfish is playing that show. Amazing blues player. Great stuff. Then the next week, we leave for Cartagena Guitar Festival in Colombia in South America. Pure madness on top of trying to move and sell my house. Yeah, that's a lot. It's been a lot going on. Plus, some asshole keeps making you record podcast episodes. You know what? He's a real slave driver. He's just cracking that whip above my head, making me do a podcast. Honestly, it's it's the kind of thing, man, where like the little tiny traces of like normal life that I have right Mm -hmm. now, when like I get to sit down with a student, or like today I had a rehearsal and now I'm doing a podcast. It's just like, oh my god, normal life. This is amazing. Yeah, it's better than dealing with the moving. Oh my god, the stress of. Yeah. Movies are fucking worst. It is the worst. It is. I've done it a ton in my life, and I don't recommend it to anybody. My God. Certainly a big stress for a couple, and I imagine if you have kids... I don't know how people do it. I mean, that's the thing, dude. We're doing this, and it's just the two of us and our dog... 
And, you know, our busy schedules, because we both work all the time and shit anyway. And I'm like, how do people do this plus, like, feed children? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if your children are, like, teenagers or whatever, then it's like, cool, go pack your room up. You little shit. Pack some boxes, whatever. Yeah. You little shit. You little shit. throw that in there. You got to keep your teenagers on their toes. Keep them level. Keep Mm -hmm. them leveled out. But, you know, it's like if you're dealing with, like, infants or toddlers, God forbid toddlers, while you're trying to move. I can't imagine. That's a world of pain. Yeah. Like, dude, I I thought that last week, whenever we recorded the the Poltergeist episode, I thought that I was, like, at a level of exhaustion that I didn't know existed. (laughs) I am so far beyond that. I was a sweet summer child. (laughs) Like, every day... Every fucking day has just been 24-7 packed. Wait until packing. we record last week's episode. That's why we're recording from the future. <laughs> That's or right. the past. Our, time, our timeline's all kinds of convoluted yeah. now. For some reason, we're recording our Zombieland episode today. And the episode you heard last week, Adam's family, we were recording in the future. Yeah. Future, true, 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 true. <laughs> There's always an echo when you're yeah, talking about of future course. stuff for some reason. Yeah, it's been crazy. So that has kind of prevented me from like watching a lot of stuff. Uh, I get it. The only thing that we've really watched is like basically every night when we're like, let's spend about 15 minutes on the couch getting fucked up so we can sleep real good. Yeah. We've been watching like Key and Peel sketches on YouTube. Awesome. Which, dude. Always a good decision. They're they're just phenomenal. They really they are. They are unfucking believably really funny. Are. Like, there's so much that I haven't watched. I finally uh, watched the Gremlins 2 skit. It's one of the best skits ever. It's in hysterical. A, uh, what, is, what is it called? Sketch comedy Sketch show. Sketch comedy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lost all knowledge of English <laughs> for a moment. Dude, we watched that one. All the ones with like the church ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Dude, I watched the one the other night. I about fucking died laughing. The one where the guy like calls in to order the pizza? Yes. <laughs> Wendell. Uh-huh. Dude, in that sketch, craziest thing ever. In that sketch in the background, Pepe the Frog. This was before the alt-right adopted Pepe I was the Frog, about that. and it was yeah. just like a normal internet comic that people knew. Yeah. I feel sorry for the guy that did that, because he was not associated with the alt-right movement at all. Mm-mm. They just stole his property and made it theirs. Yeah. But dude, what's what's blown me away about it is as I watch through these, I'm I'm seeing these and obviously like I'm dying laughing, mm-hmm. cracking up at this stuff. But also I'm really seeing like why uh, Jordan Peele is so incredible at writing horror. Because yes. so many of the So skits, many of them are like that. Yeah, they're they're horror based. Well, and it's all about um, it's all about subversing your expectations of what the skit's gonna be about right it's like when it starts you're like oh okay i know what they're doing mm-hmm. then it's like no no no. it takes a u-turn somewhere and yeah. just completely and goes somewhere else in what you're thinking like the, the pizza one you're like oh it's about this guy who's just like a slob who's ordering three pizzas for himself saying he's having a party <laughs> but then no it turns out that the pizza guy wants to talk to this yeah. fake girl that he's created <laughs> on the other end of the line like he's so good about setting something up that you think you know where it's going yeah but it goes a different direction completely different yeah. direction yeah so it's like that works in humor and in horror both right i mean it's the same with the teacher skit the normal situation would be the teacher the substitute teacher who pronounces all the white kids names wrong i haven't seen that one. The norm- oh you haven't <laughs> no that sounds amazing you done messed up a a ron a <laughs> a <A-A-Ron>. uh-huh <laughs> d nice 
Um, <laughs> Denise, uh-huh. nice. The expectation when you have a classroom full of kids and a substitute teacher is that the kids are going to be clowning the teacher. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's the teacher clowning the kids. Like he, he completely goes the opposite way. It's, they're they're masters at that. They both worked on Mad TV for a while before, you know, finally getting their own show. Yeah, and they're just. They work together so perfectly, and they know exactly, like, of course Jordan Peele is an amazing writer. We've seen it from other stuff he's done. But, like, taking that into comedy, into sketch comedy, yeah, like, three-minute chunks, of course you're going to come out with great shit. Fucking fantastic. Mm. I've been enjoying watching that stuff as kind of my wind down after a night of packing boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. I have been listening to a lot of stuff lately. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll touch on the first one here that's horror-related, since I know we are a horror show. That is true. And people tune in for the horror. Yeah. Quick side note about the way I'm saying horror. (laughs) Tell me about it. Uh, There's another little thing that we watched, and this is going to appeal to our UK listeners. I know you guys are out there. Mm -hmm. You damn red coats. Mm -hmm. Big Ben. He's out there listening. Yeah, We're in a spot tea, of bother, yeah. uh-huh, et cetera. Yeah. All those things. Ooligans. <laughs> a lot of ooligans listening to the Brexit. show. Brexit. We want out. No, we don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Boris. I have a dumb haircut. Just, I just know that the Scottish can't make any choices. Yeah, it seems that way. They're ours. Yeah, that's that's the impression that I get. Mm-hmm. The impression that I get. Let's <laughs> just make fun of everybody. More Bostons. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Everybody's getting made fun of. Fuck everybody. Uh, so we watched this, uh, this BuzzFeed video or something where... There was this like vocal uh, dialect coach mm-hmm. that was trying to guess who in this lineup is actually an English speaker as their native language and who is like mm-hmm. from somewhere out of the country that's speaking English. Okay. And one of the ways that he deduced who was the phony in the bunch that was from somewhere else and uh, you know faking an English accent, American English accent, uh-huh. is to say the word horror story. Huh. Okay, because apparently, and again, this is something I was completely unaware of, but I think it's very fascinating. In American English, like, say the word horror. Horror. So whenever you have a, va- a vowel in the letter R, uh-huh. it affects the way the vowel sounds. Yes. So with ours, the O-R ends up as this smear, horror. Yeah, like the horror. O and the R are one thing. Horror. Yeah. Yeah. In British English, they're separated. Horror. Horror. Story. Like Horror. When, when you say story. 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 story yeah. Like or, you get this sound, just story. the O and the R story. blended together, right? Yeah. That's from story. Maine. That's from Maine or something. Story. Let me tell you a story. Story. Talk <laughs> on that road. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> but yeah, that's apparently a thing. Okay. I did not know about that. I didn't know. So now when Pay we attention. do when we do our accents, now we we'll have be to able say, to find out who the foreigners are. That's horror, isn't it? That's horror, isn't it? Now we're more accurate. All right, that makes sense. Okay, so back to now the, we sound very much like British people. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. are straight, unmistakably. I was born. I was born under Big Ben. You were born in Bunkingham Palace. That's how British we are. Oh yeah, I had baked beans and toast for breakfast today. Yeah, that's Heinz. how gross I am. Heinz baked beans. Disgusting. And toast. No other what is acceptable. Awful tradition. That must be <laughs> horrible. Actually, I'm, I'd be all about that. It sounds Ew. pretty good. I like beans. Start and the I like day toast. with a baked bean. That's oh, a man. hard pass. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You be that way. Yeah. You be wrong about things, I guess. <laughs> So I finished listening to the audiobook of It. Finally. Um, over the past couple episodes, I've been saying I've been listening through it 
uh, because I've been packing and repairing the house and shit 16 hours a day, I managed to blow through the entire book pretty fucking yeah. fast. And it's it's okay. Yes, I think I'll say um, accurate. it's better than I thought that it would be, you okay. know, just based on what I'd seen from both movies. And um, I really wanted to have the time to do like just a full mini episode, like half an right, hour just, talk just me about talking it. about mm-hmm. it. Clearly, I just don't have time to do that. Yeah, that would be insane. But that's something that I would love to do in the future. I'd love to do little audiobook reviews. You could record like it while you're taking a shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> Some great ambiance in the background. Yeah. Multitask. <laughs> Multitask. Yeah, that's right. That's what you got to <laughs> do these days. Uh, so I feel like there is just so much information in there that it's great. Yeah. Like you really feel like you know the characters after you spent 40 something hours of audiobook yeah. with them, you know. I mean, you kind of can't not. Right. Feel like you know the characters by then. If if you don't know the characters by then, this is a terrible writer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And clearly Stephen King is not a terrible, not a terrible writer. writer, yeah. I will say that it does kind of maintain some of those Stephen King complaints we've talked about in the past. Great male characters, pretty thin female characters. Yeah. Overall, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say, there's some things that happen in the book that I don't think either of our film adaptations have really captured very well. Yeah. You know? There's some some great spooky stuff where the kids see the clown in his various different forms. Like right. the, the mummy and stuff that mm-hmm. are really cool. Of course, you'd have to modernize that or update that to I make feel it like relevant. The, the mummy, like, I believe there was a flash moment in the end of it, chapter one, whenever he's like changing into different things. He changes into the mummy for just a brief second, I believe. Yeah, there, yeah. there's like a uh, just kind of like a bandage cover hanging yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm. The whole final confrontation with it has not been done well in either one of them. But honestly, with the whole like ritual of Chud and the the battle of wills and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it takes place in like the entire eternity of the universe and right. shit, you can't really do that. In yeah, film. how do you show that? You really can't, you know? You could do it in a video game really well, I bet. Probably. They should make an it video game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> That'd be, I, now that I'm thinking about it, if there was an open world... Stephen King video game that was just set in Stephen King's main and you could go Dude, that could be sick yeah oh man uh trademark dead and lovely can we I trademark so. somebody else's stuff <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for a video game that we can't make yeah <laughs> I don't know let's find out couldn't hurt we're the two guys to make a video game no experience programming <laughs> games nothing no idea how you would even do that <laughs> uh, we do not own the rights to Tra- trademark Stephen dead King's lovely work. though we're locking it down we're locking Stephen it down King, you owe us money that's right that's right <laughs> So, yeah, there's things that I don't think either adaptation has gotten right. I honestly think the story works better when it is this constant back and forth and blending of the young timeline and the old timeline rather than trying to separate them as both film adaptations have. Like, basically, at the end of the book, you have them fighting it as kids and as adults the same way. Mm. I'm sorry, at the same time. Mm. And it makes sense because they can't remember how they beat him the first time and stuff. Right. So instead of revealing all that earlier on, it's being revealed simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the whole book is. Like their whole past as children is being revealed through their adult lives because they're progressively remembering more and more of it. But if you were making two movies of it, it might get really yeah, strange. Because what would yeah. be the ending of the first movie? Right. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, the apocalyptic rock fight. Yeah. It's like that wouldn't really be a good ending. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I'll say now that I've read the book that the the new film adaptation completely butt fucked the character of Mike. What the yeah. fuck? How did they read the book and decide to treat Mike that way? I don't know. I I don't even remotely don't understand. Yeah. Like in the first movie when they were kids, he was just this trivial, I don't even know why he's here. He felt like a token tacked on black character yes, to me. He did. Where it's like, we're required to have a black kid be friends with these kids, so here's Mike. Right. Completely unimportant. They destroyed his storyline. He had this great relationship with his dad and stuff. Kate yeah. talked about that on the on the It Part Two episode. And then in It Part Two, it's just like, I don't know, he's crazy and he steals from Indians, which weren't even in the book. Yeah. He drugs his friend and then lies about how they beat it. Like, what the, how do you get that out of fucking Mike from the book? I don't know. They, they really, they, they neutered him completely in the first part. And then they had to give him something to do in the second part. And they were like, well, I guess some insane crazy shit probably, right? I guess. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever, man. Yeah. So that kind of fucked that stuff up. Uh, the whole child uh running a train on bev scene i just want to i have to talk about that real quick yeah the child uh, yeah they they all have sex with bev which is uh at her insistence and some of them don't want to do it and dude i i don't even uh, remotely understand and why it would even be a thing they would do no because basically like the situation is they've just defeated it when they're kids mm-hmm. They're trying to get out of the sewer system and they're like all lost. So like, I can't remember how to get out of here. And Bev's like, I know what'll help everybody have sex with me, which for one doesn't make any sense. No, they all do it. And then they don't really say anything about it. And they're just like, Oh, I guess we should, we should have gone left back there. And they just yeah. figure it out. It's one of those things, man, that I know that Stephen King has gone back and said, yo guys, I was on, fucking the yayo 24 7 back then i regret putting that in the book but dude how is there not somebody in the publishing company that went maybe not this i i think he was just at that point where he was on fire and there it was the same thing with uh jk rowling in the fifth book yeah where she has said she wished her editor would have stepped in yeah it's like fucking 1800 pages of yeah it's a little too long and and yeah so like you get successful enough your editor's like well i don't want to question them this is Stephen fucking King. Yeah, I guess that's what it is, man. Yeah, it, honestly, it seems like anybody would have just been like, "No, nah, that doesn't make sense." It doesn't make any sense. And so why no. do it? Because it's weird. And dude, it is like at the end of the book. It's like during yeah. when all the fights across the two different timelines against it are happening, and then you get treated to this like one chapter raw dog twelve on one <laughs> gangbang. But dude, just reading these graphic descriptions, it's like, okay, so this is just child porn in this book. Yeah, it's weird. And it doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Now that we have done, we did it chapter, we did the it miniseries, then we did it chapter one, and we did it chapter two minisode. I believe we've talked about this scene in all of them, all those episodes. But now I know. Now you know it deeply and truly why it's so weird and fucked up. I, yeah, but that's the thing about, well, I mean, I guess... George Lucas figured out a way to go and change the past about his creative endeavors. <laughs> but most creative endeavors, it's like once it's out there, it's out there and yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you can't change anything. You could go back in and take that out and have a revised edition if you want, but it doesn't take away the fact that it already exists that way. Yeah. 
it just really honestly made me think about what a different fucking time the 80s were. Yeah. Because clearly everybody was on fucking cocaine. Yeah. Because that's why food was so bad because nobody was eating. Nobody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to eat. Just do one. Look at food in the 60s, 70s, and Disgusting. 80s. Actually, 50s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s because everybody was either on uh, trucker speed. Uh, actual meth getting that from their doctors yeah or cocaine everybody, everybody was on some major stimulant of course they weren't eating yeah let's put hot dogs and gelatin that makes sense uh deviled eggs and hot dogs and gelatin with some pineapple <laughs> okay sounds great that whole gelatin phase of like the 50s and 60s was yeah. abhorrent to me yeah you know but i just got to thinking about it it's like imagine any other contemporary writer like again jk rowling is the one that i was thinking of yeah, where it's like been a wizard sex scene like we talk about in every harry potter episode <laughs> like we talk about all the time <laughs> yeah. yeah but imagine it was actually in the book this like graphic yeah. description it was like oh i know how to destroy the hor- horcruxes i have to have sex with both of you both i mean that's undercutting it that is undercutting it like the entire I boys dorm in gryffindor <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. It's like, if that was in one of her books, people would be like, she's lost her fucking mind. Yeah. She's lost her mind. But back then, this was like part of the book, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the idea that a a white man wrote something and got away with it in the 80s is blowing your mind. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. I cannot come to grips with this notion, Steve. A scene where a bunch of white boys get some poontang. (laughs) Boys will be boys. I refuse to believe that this was okay at the time. Yeah, I don't think it was, but it was no. still just like not enough people. Not enough people raised a stink back then. It's true. Because it took a lot of effort. Now all you got to do is go on Facebook and be like, y'all been reading this shit. <laughs> kids fucking in this book. <laughs> kids be fucking. Also, wasn't anticipating how many times the N-bomb is in that story. Woo! Uh, Man, you want to talk about some stuff that, like, people don't really bring enough attention to. It's like, oh, stuff that got omitted from the book. They left out that child fucking scene. They also left out so much racist stuff. Yeah, they brought back... I mean, they brought back more of the racism for the remake than the original miniseries. Because definitely, like, they're picking on Mike because he's black and they say like we don't want your kind in our town and all that stuff but never never dropped the n-word Ooh, which man. they would have it's all over the book and yeah. it's not only just like the Bowers people picking on Mike's family it's like right everybody one of Richie's little impressions that he has is like of an old oh, no. old timey well, it's it's inward Jim oh, is this character's name, no. and he does this character to like impress and amuse his friends all the time. And oh, it's just like and they're all like, "Woo, man! <laughs> all black people are the same." I guess so, dude. It's fucked up. It's like, why is this here? And again, like this was getting green flags the whole time. Yeah, just go for it, Stephen King. Yeah, and He's this is like it. around the time that we were both born. Yes, it makes me maybe think the world has changed for the better a little. Uh, I would say if you pay any attention to the arguments going on in the stand-up comedy world, what you'll find is no, nothing's really changed. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. There are a large number of very popular comedians being like, why can't I say that word? (laughs) They say it. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. People are dumb. 
Yeah, people they be are. dumb. People be dumb. But overall, I enjoyed the book. I think that if I wasn't doing these like marathon listening sessions, like I have been, mm-hmm. and if I was doing my usual audiobook thing, which is like you know, oh, I'll listen to half an hour of this every other day. Yeah, it would have taken me like an entire year to get through this. Yeah, I probably would have gotten it's sick taken of it. you a while, a couple mean, weeks. Yeah. yeah, a couple weeks because it's like forty something hours a book, but. By doing it with this marathon session thing like mm-hmm. I have, I've ended up enjoying it pretty well. But yeah. I think that you kind of need to do it that way. Yeah. You know? I would say that's true. Yeah, the expectation, I think, with with books would be that you don't want to put it down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how it is with Harry Potter. Like, you just don't want to put it down. You keep reading, you keep reading, and then you kind of have to make yourself put it down. And then when you come back, you're like, where was I? Like, what, yeah. what was just happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like when you're like playing an RPG and then you put it down for a couple months and you come back and you're like, what's the fucking battle system? Right. What is this? Where am I? <laughs> am I trying to get the, the, the blacksmith's mule back? What am I doing? <laughs> Blacksmith's always <laughs> losing, be mule. losing their mules. Always. Damn it. i've also been and this is an audio music listening as you usually listen to music in the audio form truly this isn't a sheet music recommendation okay i do a lot of music reading i'm like oh oh, oh, (laughs) check out this look at this this amateur hour look at these semi quavers (laughs) i'm intrigued i don't know what that means (laughs) it works you go with it okay Uh, I'm going to bring this up because a couple of weeks ago I mentioned Big Wreck on an episode and a lot of our yes. listeners are like, dude, either Big like, Rec. hell yeah, Big Wreck's awesome or I'd never heard this band before and they're amazing. Uh-huh. I've been listening through the new Car Bomb album, yeah, Mor- yeah. Mordial. And you've you've uh, you've recommended them in the past. Yes, I have. And dude, the new record, I put up like a little meme that I made of it the other mm-hmm. day on the Instagram with the Babadook and shit. Mm-hmm. The new album is fucking phenomenal. It is some of the most frantic, check this out. chaotic, intense, ferocious music I think that I've I've ever heard. It's phenomenal, dude. It's yeah, amazing. Really Gotta, loving the new album. Gotta check that out at yeah. the gym sometime. I would say it's great for getting shredded, Raging. throwing some some yeah. iron around. I'm gonna say it's absolutely not for everybody. Like if I meet people that are like, I don't like that car bomb, I'd be like, I completely understand that. It is irrationally intense and chaotic and crazy but for me dude like i love what that band is doing yeah so much it's somehow both incredibly intricate and complicated and complex without sounding if this makes sense yeah it doesn't sound pretentious or premeditated or practiced right sometimes when i hear a lot of these like newer really technical gent bands or whatever and they play these crazy complicated riffs. I listen to it and I go, wow, man, you fucking practiced the shit out of that riff, didn't you? And it just right. sounds lame. Like, right. heavy stuff needs to sound out of control. Right. I Frantic, agree with that 100%. You know? And sometimes when you have these riffs that are so complicated that it just sounds like, I can see you fucking pushing your, your glasses up on your nose <laughs> and practicing this riff. Like, I can hear this it. This is in the like rip. my book rant during yeah, Poltergeist. It's like that. Yeah, it it's, is like it's that. When you when you know it from the inside, it's like, oh, you're just fucking being pretentious. Like, exactly. But the way that Carbomb does stuff, it's more complicated than. I mean, it's more complicated than Meshuga at times. Wow. It's nuts. All right. But it just sounds like pure chaos and entropy more than it sounds like we wrote this down on paper so we could figure out how to play it. Like it doesn't sound nerdy at all. I adore this band. Awesome. Fucking check out Mordial. It's streaming everywhere. 
got to go check that out for you sure. You do. You got to. Steve, what have you been up to this week? You been watching anything? Uh, I sure did. I watched the uh, the Creep Show on Shudder. Oh, the the TV series. The TV series. Yeah, we're recording these uh, well ahead a little of time. Out of order. Yeah. yeah, a little out of order because Ben, of course, is very busy. Uh, Creep Show. I've only seen the first episode. It's all they've released okay. thus far. All right. There are two segments in it. And the first segment was heavy on Easter eggs. Half hour show or hour long show? I believe it was 45 40, minutes, okay. which isn't, that is an hour long show if it's on broadcast TV. They put right. 15 minutes of commercials yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, So you're getting about 20 minutes per sketch. Yeah. Okay. The first one was heavy on Stephen King uh, Easter eggs. Okay. And really felt like a Stephen King story, really Stephen Kingy to me. The second one, I loved. Yeah, I thought it was so great. The ending wasn't amazing, but it was it was out of the ordinary. Not mm. not that I mean, definitely if you've read a lot of Stephen King's short stories, you know he can cover a ton of different areas, and it's not out of the ordinary for his stuff. But it's out of the ordinary for his stuff that's been adapted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is he like writing these? I'm in the dark about all this stuff. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he wrote all of them or what's going or if on it just feels very kingy it just feels kingy but that that's the thing is the second one it felt kingy but it had its own twist okay so i yeah, i don't know who's right i know they're you know having different directors come in but i don't know who's writing them all i wonder if they're if they're adapted stephen king stories or if they're just anthology ideas right yeah yeah any callbacks to creep show one or two Yes. Yeah. A lot. Oh, don't spoil it for yeah, me, but I, I, I am excited. Will I like I it? I will say, yeah, you will like it. Okay, uh, it's, it's a fun show, but Adrian Barbeau is in it. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay. Is she yeah. drinking whiskey and milk again? I wasn't paying attention to what she was drinking, but there were, <laughs> because there were so many Easter eggs in that first one, like everything I was looking at, I was like, oh, that that's from that. That's from that. There's like Cujo Easter eggs and Creep Show and uh, Pet Cemetery. All sorts of stuff is, is in there. Awesome. It's really interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're gonna watch the rest of it. It's oh like yeah, I'll definitely. I mean, I would definitely watch it even if the first episode wasn't good because yeah. the anthology series, like, you got different people working on different stuff. One segment could be good, the other segment might be bad. The whole show might be bad, but that's very unlikely. Okay, cool, man. I'll have yeah. to check that out, dude. We we've, we've got a little like house sitting weekend coming up here oh, yeah. for some friends which is going to be like right after our house gets its photos taken mm-hmm. and gets put on the market and shit then we're basically going to this really nice place and house sitting for the weekend mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to like doing literally nothing and just watching all this shit why don't they call it house staying it's every more time like a house, house sat yeah that's it's just like oh i stay in your house and make sure like like on the off chance that it just catches on fire yeah that the whole thing doesn't burn down <laughs> House, more of a house, house stay. stay. Yeah. It's more like that. Okay, cool. So I'll check that out. Anything yeah. else I should be watching? Yes, there is. Always Sunny Season 14. The oh, first damn. episode was yeah. genius. No shit. It was so good. How does that show keep getting better? better? I don't understand. Every season, after 14 seasons, I do not know how they do it, but they nailed it. It's so good. It's uh, just based on rom-com tropes and stuff and they really do a lot of fun stuff with it it's really funny i gotta watch that man Mm -hmm. uh other than that friday night we had that old screaming chat oh yeah that's right man while i was packing boxes you guys were packing in the laughs and packing in some alcohol into your bodies (laughs) did you watch anything good no (laughs) No, like usual cool we watched galaxy invader i don't know what that is 
I don't either. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I, I, I don't know. Sounds, it sounds like it might be a sci-fi. It was a horror, though. And okay. there was like this... Okay, now I a am remembering. There's like this Skeletor Swamp thing mix. I like and that. And it was an alien creature, but it wasn't the villain. Hmm. The villain was the townspeople. It, uh, it was hard to follow. Okay. It was very bad. All right. And then, in honor of St. Haig, who at the time we're recording recently passed we watched a movie called galaxy of terror which is basically an alien ripoff done by roger corman oh it's a corman movie yeah. i've heard of it but i've never seen it it's bad how is it Haig? he i think spoke twice oh wow but he's in the entire movie like a lot <laughs> So he's supposed to be like the strong, silent type. Like the, what's going through his mind? Emphasis on the silent part. Yeah. It was weird. Like, somebody asked at one point, like, does, does Sid Haig not speak English? Like, was there a time where he didn't speak English? Yeah. No. They just had him not talk. All right. That's a that's a choice to make. It I is our choice. <laughs> it, huh. It was bad. It also was not a good movie, surprisingly. Okay. All right, then. But it was a fun night. I had fun. That's what it's all about. Yep. I like to have a good time all the time. Ben, let me tell you a little story <laughs> about when I picked up these beers. Okay. At the Cuidad del Comida. Yeah. Cuidad del Comida. Um, Ciudad. Not Cuidad. Ciudad. Yeah. Cuidad would be That's dead. right. That's what I said. So at Food City, I bought these beers and apparently there's a lady there who does not like selling alcohol. Oh and my god, she makes I know it exactly very clear about. with her face. And Dude, her this manners. lady sucks. This lady sucks, man. Yeah. So like, let, let me just to give a little background about this lady. Mm-hmm. Here in uh, Jefferson County, it was only like a year or two ago that we even got the, uh, the the ability to sell wine in grocery stores. Yeah, well, it was actually pretty recent in Knoxville too. Yeah, like, even yeah. The big city here didn't sell wine, and in, in, right, only at liquor stores. Yeah. And so here in small town Jefferson County, right whenever they enacted the law that allowed you to buy wine and stuff at the grocery store, like I went through this lady's line with like a bottle of wine and she was like, you're going to need your ID to buy your liquor. And I was like, it's it's just wine. She's like, it's all the same to me. Church lady. Yeah. <laughs> she kind of looks like church lady, too. Yeah. She's kind of. She's really like, imagine if if Carrie, instead of like going out with her friends and blowing up her high school and stuff, if she just would have like hung out with her mom her whole life and then worked at Food City. That's how she would be. Yeah. And it's basically her. So as she uh, was sneering at my beer that she was drinking <laughs> up. A sneer at my beer. <laughs> <laughs> so she does that and then. She's handing me back my stuff and she says, you have a blessed day. Oh, she always says that shit. And then she said something that I heard as go warn them. Oh God. And I was like, Wait, what? What? And I'm You're walking like, about it because I was like, did she know we're recording a podcast about zombie land? Does she know zombies are about to like attack? Does she know I hang out with that guy that buys wine? <laughs> she wanted me to warn them. <laughs> So warn them. That is an ominous thing to fucking say. And then like I thought through it again and I realized she said go orange. 
Oh, like UT. Like UT. Football. The University of Tennessee. Go orange. Go warn them. Go warn them. Especially coming from her, that would be yeah. After the unnerving. blessed day part, I was like, oh shit, is this like religious cult shit? Like I, she's, I think I actually she's subverting. Like she's doing some subconscious stuff, driving that into my head, and then I'm gonna start telling people like, don't drink. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want you to drink. Get out of that food city. <laughs> That I think food that city's I, haunted. I might actually start doing that with people and being like, go warn them. And they're like, what? Go orange. Yeah. I was talking about football. Mm-hmm. What do you think I said? And then you look at him and wink. Give him a little... Yeah. Shh. It's our mm-hmm. secret. It's our secret. That's creepy. Keep it secret. Keep, Keep it safe. safe. <laughs> <laughs> my God, man. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it was very weird. I felt very odd walking out. Yeah, I think I would about too. that. Like, what? What? could she mean <laughs> what am i supposed to what what is the message go orange i guess steve when you were in that food city did you happen to buy yourself any twinkies i did not passed up on the twinkie i huh? bought a rotisserie chicken and ate ate a bunch of it when i got here <laughs> i was very hungry i hadn't eaten anything. it's a quality choice it definitely yeah. has less carbs and more protein and more healthy fats than a twinkie does yeah, so you can eat an entire rotisserie chicken in a day and you will still need to supplement your calories to get to 1500 that's wild that's one of those things man that like you know i never really do fast food mm-hmm. like at all unless i'm like on the road or whatever but most all the fast food places now like put calorie counts on the menu. It's crazy. It's nuts. It is nuts. And yeah. it's like, dude, when you go to like Hardee's or whatever and you see meals that have 1,500 calories. Yeah, that's how much I'm supposed to eat in a day. And then like people will eat that. That's a meal for a person, yeah. Yeah, and then eat another meal like that mm. later in the day and God knows whatever they had for breakfast and how many Cokes they had in between. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. It's that, crazy when you're like, you could eat a whole rotisserie chicken, an entire living bird. Uh-huh. And I do that. And have on less a calories than that. That's crazy <laughs> to me, man. It's, I mean, yeah. When, when I, on what days when I in eat this food? the whole rotisserie chicken, I tend to only eat like some broccoli or something other than that. And... I'm full the whole day. God, yes. If you ate a whole chicken, yeah. So holy shit, I, it's it's good to learn. I am going to be excited in about three or four months when I've hit my goal weight yeah. and I sit down to an entire Wise Guys pizza. Wise Guys is my favorite pizza in Knoxville, and I will eat an entire pizza Pro on move. the day that I hit my my weight goal because I miss it so much. Yeah. But then I'll have to go back to. Just not eating many carbs. Oh, the I, pizza. I mean, it's so good, but I feel better every day. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to... I don't know how to convince future Steve that, hey, you shouldn't go back to eating a ton of carbs. Yeah, yeah. Once this you feels get, better, actually. Because yeah. you do actually feel a lot better. I feel... I Like, I just don't feel as old mm. anymore and i'm mm. only halfway to where i'm going yeah i feel i feel a lot younger i feel like i have a lot more energy Damn. my sleep schedule is much more uh normalized mm-hmm. for me i mean i'm still going to bed at like six in the morning <laughs> but like i'm, I'm getting uh, the same amount of sleep every day all right instead of having days where i get like four hours and then another day where i'll get 12 well those are the worst that ain't no way to live ain't nope. no way to live nope it ain't no way to live just eating on Twinkies and snowballs all the time, neither. 
like one feller in this movie wants to do. That old feller. Well, he doesn't want to eat snowballs. No, he don't. He doesn't like the consumers. I don't either. Those things are fucking stupid. I oh. hate any marshmallow-based thing. Like, Easter, you get those little chocolate-covered marshmallows yeah. and stuff. Fuck I'm not huge bullshit. on marshmallows. I do like a Malamar. Oh, well. no. Uh-uh. Mm. That's like a hard this. pass. But everything else, no, I can't. I can't deal with marshmallows. I, even on, like... Like if a you, s'more is different. A s'more is very there, different. I was gonna say I don't like s'mores. Man, you're you're full of bullshit. <laughs> but you know what's awesome. really good? You're a bot. Take your graham cracker, put the chocolate between it, and eat that with the marshmallow. No, that's no, toasted. No, no, just the chocolate and the graham cracker. But there's nothing to do that's all. You can burn a marshmallow nice. on the side just for fun, just out of hate. That's what I do. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. As it's sizzling, I'm like, that's what you get. You eat your snack while you watch you it. Devil pillow. <laughs> devil pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve, we're gonna be talking about Zombieland today, featuring old Woody Harrelson, who we were just yeah. talking about. Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin. Bill and Murray. I'm gonna tell you what I have a shocking revelation about this movie. Oh. I'm just going to try to keep everybody enticed here and keep them listening to the show because there's some things that I've picked up on here that I, I've been kind of reading between the lines a little Uh-oh. bit. I think I might be reading into some things that other you people think the government's just up not to seeing. You know? The Illuminati wants me to keep these things secret. Of course I'm letting do. it all go. The Illuminati wants everything to be secret. That's true. They just want people to shut up. Actually, honestly, that is even part of what i'm looking into the truth of the illuminati the truth started by librarians they just want people to shut the fuck up shut the fuck up (laughs) but you know before i can start spilling these hard truths about this movie as we get into our review portion you know considering this movie has such an emphasis on the glory of uh disgusting processed long living snack cakes Mm mm-hmm I'd like to take a second here and pull this car aside into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. And maybe there's a way that we can find out, I don't know, what snack cake we'd be. I'm interested to find this out. Now, Ben, I love me some snack cakes. Somebody posted a nutty bar. Oh, the classic. Nutty bar. Beer um, of some beer. kind. Oh, my God. Nutty I want bars to go to I have to stay away from. Things like nutty bars, yeah. uh, oatmeal cream pies. I hate those so you do? fucking I much. I love them. I hate those. Uh, fudge rounds. Any any snack cake, I just have to stay away from. Because, a zebra cake used to be my jam. Oh, zebra cakes. Yeah. yeah. I like the zebra cake. Or the little Christmas ones they do, mm-hmm. you know? The Christmas ones. Yeah, but all, ultimately, the uh, yeah the, the nutty bars or whatever, the, they are, are the best. The best. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to stay away from I haven't had a Little Debbie in probably a decade. Wow. I would think. Yeah. And your life's better for it. Probably so. I think so. <laughs> I can't see this benefiting your system much at all. No. So, Steve, how about before we get into the movie review portion here, let's stop in and ask the kind wizards and witches over at Brainfall.com. Are they witches and wizards? Well, I don't or is know. it what like a different school? Yeah, Are they Boba totally. Tons or drum, drum string? Or I think whatever? so. I'm pretty sure. Let's ask them which snake cake we'd be. Snake okay. cake. Snake cake. <laughs> you're a, you're a rattlesnake cake. cake. <laughs> you're a boa constrictor <laughs> if cake. If that is a quiz out there, I'd take it. I'd rather take that I don't even care one. what the answer is. All right, Steve, let me ask you a question here. As a kid, what character were you most drawn to? Gotcha. Is it a cowboy or cowgirl? A royalty? Mm-hmm. A ship captain? Robin Hood? A bank robber? Or a yeti? So many choices here, Steve. Yeah. 
Which character would I have been most drawn to of these? Uh, Robin Hood, probably. I loved that Robin Hood cartoon as a kid. Yeah. You wanted to take from the 1%? Uh-huh. Oh, and also Robin Hood Prince of Thieves came out when I was like yeah. a tween or so. And that took a whole lot of your childhood just to watch that movie. It's very long. Uh-huh. Oh, and then Robin Hood Men in Tights came out. Like which is a the, year later, the which is version. the best Robin Hood movie there is. Obviously, it's the greatest one. So, yeah, I, I've, I, I would say as a child, I wanted to be Robin Hood. I'm going to go with the Yeti here. I've always been yeah. really into mythological creatures and stuff. Yeah. I had this gigantic monster in my pocket obsession as a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever documented that on the show. I was like raging obsessed with monster in my pocket. You huh. remember those things? No. Dude. Explain. Maybe I do. It was You'd this, have to tell me what it looks like. It was this thing that you could get where you would buy them in these little boxes that were like, you know, fucking 10 packs or 15 packs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it would just be these random assorted, non-articulated, just formed rubber plastic figurines. Oh, I do know these. And yes. Yeah, I had a ton of those. Yeah. And they had like, mm-hmm. it was almost like Muscle Men. Do you remember yeah. Muscle Men? Yeah. I had a ton of those Muscle Men as well. Muscle Men are fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, they were dude. really cool. The Monster in My Pockets, they would come in like four different colors and they had like different point ratings of like their strength or whatever. Where oh, it's like the, so beh- like the behemoth fun. and shit was like real high up or the Hydra was really high up. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yes, yes, yes. But they'd come with like a little card that would also give you like the information of like the history of that creature and shit which is what i really got into like okay. it, it had stuff about like baba yaga and shit right like kind of obscure like russian mythology and shit yeah. like this well there's a lot of scary shit in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i got really way into that stuff so yeah i'm gonna go with that which flavor does your sweet tooth crave mm, liquor is that an option <laughs> i hope so chocolate Strawberry. Let me tell you, my wife bought some strawberries the other day. I hadn't had strawberries in so long. Yeah. And I haven't been eating sugar. They're fucking amazing. Strawberries are insane. They're so good. Dude, when I was a kid, every time we had strawberries, my mom or dad were like, Sprinkle sugar on them. Oh, yeah. That's, the well, fuck? Why? Well, because it makes that syrup, that delicious syrup. It does make that juice. Yeah. Oh, um, but, yeah, you don't have to add sugar oh, to them. Oh, they're so sweet. Vanilla? Coconut. I'm a, a coconut, coconut man. Are I'm you? a coconut man myself. Coconut's I great. love myself that tropical sensation. One of my... Uh, maybe my favorite candy bar, is it? Is a Mounds. Fuck yeah, Mounds, dude. People hate on a Mounds. Yeah. I love that shit. They're so good. But uh, chocolate for me. I'm huge on chocolate. Dark chocolate specifically. Just love it. I've never been a chocolatier. Hmm. Not really me. Well, you know, there's a whole world of vanilla and strawberry out there for you. There you you go. And coconut. There's Mm -hmm. a ton of coconut stuff. I'm a fan. RC, which piece of artwork speaks to your soul? I feel like okay. I already know which one this is. We've got a, yeah. um, fuck, Campbell Soup Cans. What's yeah, this guy Andy Warhol. Name? Andy Warhol, thank you. This next one looks kind of like a Rothko. That's Rothko, yeah. Where it's just kind of an abstract color field. Then we have a Van Gogh. I don't recognize that's, the piece. Yeah. And then Jackson Pollock. Yeah, but it's like a cooler Jackson Pollock that's yes, a lot of bright is. colors. I, I was like going to say, I really like the colors on that Jackson Pollock and the Rothko are kind of, that's kind of muted. So I'd go with the Jackson Pollock there. Yeah. The Pollock is also what, what I would choose. Yeah. I like I like how this one looks like a crazy 80s splatter kind uh-huh. of thing. I'll go with the Rothko because it's purple. I like yeah. purple. It looks kind of like a, a folder I remember having in elementary school. Oh, yeah. 
Man, those trapper keeper the artworks were just the so fucking awesome. best, man. Yeah. I'd love to have like a whole like wall wrapped in like trapper mm-hmm. keeper artwork, you know? <laughs> yes. What are you filled with, Ben? <laughs> Delight, awesomeness, magic, excitement. Wow. Um, right now, I'm filled with desire to sleep and have free time and function as a human being. Again. Right. I've heard of that. I'm going to go with excitement because I'm excited about living like a human being again. That makes sense. I'm filled with delight, I think. I think well, you're Probably think you're delight. Right. Yeah. Let's bust you open and see. Okay. Crack you open. Count the rings. Take me to a quinceanera. Let's go. See how go. old you are. <laughs> yeah, let's just bust you open like a piñata. <laughs> I right, see which time of day do you most need a sugar high? Hmm. In the morning, the afternoon, the evening, or just around midnight? Just around midnight. I would say the evening is the time I get cravings for something sweet. Yeah. 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 Usually for me, man, like yeah, morning, afternoon, evening, not really. I'm gonna say Late after night. around midnight. Yeah. That's when you're like, where's some sour patch kids? Exactly. Yeah. After I've been in my cups. Uh huh. Yeah. I've been drinking That's on the time. Some, yeah. <laughs> That's usually what it comes down to for me. All right. Choose a beverage to wash down a sweet snack with. Easy. <laughs> Guys, choose a beverage with which to wash down a sweet snack. Okay. Let's not end our sentences All right, on then. a preposition. All right, then. Thank you very much for that correction, Miss Manners. <laughs> uh, milk, coffee, tang, tang. Kahlua. Coffee. Dude, anytime like I go to a restaurant or mm. something and I have a dessert, it needs a nice, disgustingly dark cup of coffee to go with. Okay. It. Always love some coffee. I would say Kahlua, and that would just be the sweet snack for me. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> just Dude, Kahlua's give, awesome. Give me a man. Kahlua. Man, apparently I'm a snowball. Are you kidding? You are a unique individual who loves to revel in your quirky differences. You are confident, bold, and creative, and love to be the center of attention. It's not wrong. Yeah, it's, it's not, not wrong. It's not wrong. But I don't want to be no snowball. That's gross. Okay. This... I, I don't know if it's correct, but they chose what would be my favorite hostess um, snack cake. The hostess cupcake. Okay. You are classy and very well liked and carry yourself with a poise and quiet confidence that mm. is intoxicating. Okay. You are steadfast, loyal, and stable. I can't argue with that. That's true. I am Those little cupcakes are gross, though. Uh, now they are. Uh, have you had a Drake's cake version? No. Those are better. Yeah? Yeah, Drake's cakes are really good. Hmm. I don't know about that cake. I want to meet that cake. Got to get you some. Boom. Ah, goddamn, Steve. I'll tell you what. I've got myself a real issue on my hands here. I've got a problem. What What might that be? It's the month of October, the month yeah. of All Hallows' Eve. That's it? Uh-huh. And here I am trying to sell my dang abode. I'm selling my house. I'm putting this thing on the market, right. which of course means apparently you can't decorate for Halloween. What? What a bunch of bullshit. I guess some people don't like things that are nice. Well, what if you could decorate your body my, for Halloween? My body? Yeah. How could I decorate my body? Well, you can head on over to Clairvoyant Clothing and get you some of them sweet designs they got over there. They got <gasps> they got that spirit board design. You're wearing that I'm right wearing now. It right now, coincidentally. I, can I didn't see, even think about I it. I can see that you've decorated your body very festively. You're yeah. truly in the All Hallows spirit. I truly am. And, I did not plan this at all. I actually just wear this shirt 
pretty regularly. These on are the good. They're really good shirts. It's a good high quality shirt. Yeah. It's made of that soft material. Sure is. Perfect for people that like things that are nice. And I'll tell you what, Steve, I've also been getting myself festive all year round by using my clairvoyant death tarot card design string bag yeah to stuff full of my cables and equipment and stuff like that every time i'm out gigging with my various musical acts you know what right when they sent us those string bags immediately my something clicked in my brain and i was like why didn't we use those when we trick-or-treated as kids my God. We're carrying around this stupid plastic bag that yeah. gets heavier and heavier over the night. You could just put it on your shoulders. That's a much better move. I'm telling you. Better for our young, weak backs. So head on over to clairvoyantclothing.com. You can use our coupon code, which is, of course, dead and lovely. Uh, that'll get you 6% off, but stuff over there is pretty cheap anyway. Starting at 1666. The t shirt of the beast. Exactly. Man, I'm telling you, head on over there. They're great, great designs. They got some new stuff for October, so go check it out. Yes, indeed. All right, Steve, now that we found out what kind of snack cake we are, let's find out what kind of movie this is. What kind of movie are we? What kind of movie is a zombie land? It's a, well, it's it's a horror. Yeah, horror. It's also got a comedy. Uh, a comedy. And there's a good bit of action in it. Yes, there is. Yeah. So it's a Neapolitan. Basically, it's a combo of three awesome things. Yeah, three and great tastes combined as one. They do all three of those things well. They really do. Every single one of them. The comedy is genuinely funny. The action is genuinely like uh, action packed. Yeah, and there's real good tense horror. Mm-hmm. And the gore and effects and gore stuff and effects are look really great. great yeah, I assume this is not the first time you've seen this. No, I, uh, I remember watching it around the time it came out. Same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think we actually saw this one in theaters, if I'm not mistaken. And we were really stoked about it because it just looked like a ridiculous, fun yeah. movie from the previews. I think the preview kind of really represented the movie very well. Yeah, they did a great job on um, that ad campaign. I remember it well. And it, it was a, like, yeah, you're getting what you were advertised yeah you go in there and it's it's witty it's funny it's it's quick like it really is a it's a really well snapped together movie like no moment drags for me no that's one of the things i'll say is the best about this movie is that the the pacing of it Mm -hmm. i think is very even and very well done and there's like no lulls whatsoever in the movie yeah there's a lot of scenes in there which you could just kind of argue and be like well yeah that didn't really need to be in there that didn't really add much to the story or whatever but it doesn't really matter because i like the characters so much yeah that I, want I think to see what they would do in that situation i think it's you know? character development and also like they they develop their exposition through their character development there's not a whole lot of saying there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of assuming you do and then like some flashbacks that kind of show us some stuff but we're not told everything it's no actually very little is explained about how this happened and who these people are like right, who they yeah. were before we only get just sm- small flashes it's it's all because it's in such a familiar scenario that we find ourselves placed in because we've all seen so many zombie yeah. movies where you've got this lone band of survivors trying to get mm. to somewhere in the country that they think is safe like yeah that's a, a tale as old as time so it's almost like the fact that it's in this somewhat tropey story that we just kind of like automatically feel comfortable and like we know these characters yeah. but at the end of the day you know, I've seen this movie probably at least five or six times, 
And it just hit me as we were talking about uh, the episode before we started recording that I was like, you know what? Maybe those two girls aren't sisters. Yeah, I, I just don't hadn't think thought are. about it. I, I don't think they are sisters, but yeah, we'll, we'll get more into that. Yeah, definitely. There, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, this is written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote Deadpool and Deadpool 2. They know how to be a funny. And they know how to be meta. The, yeah, Which very this true. movie does really well. Yeah. The, the original idea was for this to be a series, a TV series. Ooh. They're working on the spec script for a TV pilot, and they eventually got some attention with it, and people wanted to make it a movie. They got some help developing the script a little bit from William Goldman, writer like Princess of Bride? Princess Bride, what? who is considered by many to be like the best script doctor in Hollywood. He's like the wolf. Yeah, you scripts. bring him in when you know you've got something good, but you really just need to polish it. Just That's all you had to fucking say. Yeah, you send in William Goldman. That's pretty badass. I did not know about that. Very cool, man. And Ruben Fleischer, the director, also helped by tell, like, telling them to basically pick a goal. The, the idea of the amusement park being the goal. Because as as a spec script for TV, it was, of course, meant to be just a pilot. Uh, so there would have been so much more going on in the future. Because it works in that spec script area, that's why I think we get so little revelation as we go through. Because the idea would have been, well, we'll do that in the future. We'll have like future installments, of mm-hmm. course. And in fact, since 2009, or in 2009, Paul Wernick stated... We've got a long brainstorming document that still to this day gets updated on a near weekly basis with ideas. Holy shit. So 10 years later, they've got this sequel. They've been thinking about it for a very long time. Well, that's the thing, honestly, is like whenever I watched this movie for the first time and I was thinking like, wow, I wonder if they'll ever do a sequel. I was kind of thinking the cool thing for the sequel would be like more tales of Zombieland. Yeah. Where it's like Zombieland 1 would be about these characters trying to get to this place. Zombieland 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 could be about different Any groups of, of people. Yeah, and I in think other parts of the country the previews, or whatever. From the that's kind of what it looks like they're doing. It seems like they're introducing all these other characters because we've definitely seen the girl who obviously can't take care of herself in the yeah. previews the blonde girl kind of girly girl and then there's like the guy with the big bag of weed in another preview with abigail breslin so it's like they've found these other people in the last 10 years so we're maybe we'll get more of an expansion from yeah. it if it does well. well what i'm wondering too is like in the sequel are they gonna address that this is 10 years after the events of Zombieland 1. I assume they have to because especially can, Abigail, Abigail, Abigail was a, definitely yeah, she was a teenager and now she's in her mid 20s. Yeah. I mean you, you could probably play uh, Woody Harrelson and Jesse uh, Eisenberg right. as being you know around yeah, the same Woody age. Woody Harrelson does look the exact same. Yeah. I watched that an interview with him on Seth Meyers. He's a vegan. Like, oh he's, he's a, one of those people. Yeah. He's a vegan who smokes a lot of weed. Yeah? Yeah. He's an old dope smoker. Oh, yeah. He, yes. He he, <laughs> he told this story on Seth Meyers about uh, why he ended up moving to Hawaii, where he and his wife live. Oh, sick. And it was that Willie Nelson invited him out to his place in Maui, and 
like he saw how beautiful it was and also got super stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Out of some of that Maui Wowie. Yeah. I I recommend looking up some interviews of Woody Harrelson. He's an interesting dude. His That's dad awesome. was a, a hitman. No way. Yeah. Holy shit. Read, read up on Woody Harrelson. His life is crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. That's bad. He also told this story about having a meal with Donald Trump and uh, his wife. What's her name? Melania. Melania. I always want to say Ivanka because that's the one he yeah. talks about. Yeah. Um, his daughter. <laughs> Ugh. And uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, Jesus. He was Jesus friends Christ. with Jesse Ventura. And Jesse Ventura got invited to perhaps be Donald Trump's running mate. This was like back in 2004 or something. One Donald Trump was going to run for president as a Democrat because he, oh, yeah, of course. Just a reminder, he was a Democrat before he just decided to be a Republican all of a sudden. Yeah. But of course, he was never a real Democrat. He was just doing it to be popular in New York because all the rich people in New York are Democrats. He was never a real person. He was just a rich person. Just a rich person. Yeah, yeah. trying to get richer as they do. So anyway, apparently, Donald Trump talked for like 98% of the time and at a certain point, Woody Harrelson had to duck out to go smoke a joint <laughs> to deal with it because he just couldn't Fuck handle it. Fuck this noise. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, dude. What a cool guy. Yeah, that Woody Harrelson, he's pretty great. And Woody Harrelson is just one little uh, part of this movie. It's a relatively small cast in this flick, but I think that just lets you get to know each of the characters that much better because there's really only like four characters in this whole movie. Yeah. Five of the six mm, characters, uh, that includes Amber Heard, who plays 406. Yeah, yeah. Five of the six main characters have been nominated for an Oscar. Emma Stone has won one. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh yeah, for uh fuck, what was the name of that movie? The musical, right? Yeah, La La Land. La La Land. Which was surprisingly good. Yeah. So Woody Harrelson's never won an Oscar? He has not. He was oh. nominated for The People versus Larry Flint, but hasn't won one. Hmm. Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for Social Network. Social Network. Network. And That's right. Abigail Breslin for Little Miss Sunshine. Wow, which, dude, is one of my favorite Great. fucking movies. It's yeah. so good. I love that flick. I man. forget what Bill Murray was nominated for. Oh, Lost in Translation. That's oh, right. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. Wait, he's never won an Oscar either? No, only You're Emma kidding. Stone has won one. He's yeah. a goddamn legend. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of his roles are ones that are probably not going to get awards. Like, I, Despite the fact that Wes Anderson tends to get a lot of maybe technical awards... Has he ever had a best actor or actress? No, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. Huh. They should just have a best person award. Yeah, just give it to Bill Murray. Best person. Yeah. Person <laughs> of personhood. You've done Bill it. Bill Murray. You did You're it. You're the person of people. <laughs> and our main lead in this is Jesse Eisenberg. And he plays this super shut-in, awkward, nerdy gamer guy that is so believable like yeah he plays, i have met so many people that are just jesse eisenberg like was made for this part he plays it yeah, so perfect totally man totally yeah all of that that really awkward shit whenever it's like him in his apartment and yeah four or six comes over and he's like oh somebody's hair is in danger of getting pushed behind uh, yeah, he ear. says that later about emma stone but yeah, yeah that's talk, right that's yeah, right he talks about that he talks about wanting to do it yeah i yeah. get that man like as a dude that's a thing that's interesting what we learn a lot about him is that he seems to be craving stability like he wants to 
he talks about wanting to find a good woman and get married and have kids and all that stuff because he wants to have a real family. He mentions his parents. So what we gather from that is that his parents weren't close to him. Yeah. So we don't know anything about it. They may have been fine parents, but they just weren't close to their son. He seems to have shut himself out off from the rest of the world. And what's interesting is that his his world doesn't really change much because of the zombies. Right, yeah. He that's didn't want to go out anyway. That's something that you usually see in these zombie flicks is like whenever the apocalypse strikes, it's like people's lives drastically change and mm-hmm. shit. Not really the case with him. Yeah, he didn't want to talk to people. He didn't want to be like interact with people, which is basically what dealing with zombies is, is having to interact with people that you don't know their intentions, you don't know what they want, and you assume it's probably the worst. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's how his life is. Same with... Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, they their life before the zombie apocalypse is no different than their life after the zombie apocalypse. And that's why they've been able to survive. That's why they've been able to do what they do because they were pros at it anyway. Yeah. What do you think their relationship is? I mean, it shows that they're kind of like I, hustling and swindling yeah. and stuff like that. I but it's think like, they were probably in the same foster home or something. It seems yeah. like they're runaways that... Um, you know what? What's her name? Shit. There's Little Wichita. Rock and Wichita. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that Wichita, because yeah, I mean their names are two different cities. Yeah. So they, if they're they from use town these two names different cities to keep everything from getting too personal. So I mean just that's go a possibility, of course. My my wife and her uh, brothers are probably all born in different cities because their dad was in the army or maybe they're half sisters maybe they're half sisters something like that it's never really revealed and honestly it doesn't make the movie better or worse no that you don't know yeah because she she cares about the thing is they care about each other yeah that's all that matters yeah that's what matters more than what's their relationship with each other which is kind of a setup for the i guess moral of the story is that anybody can be family like you you don't have to you don't have to actually be related to be family, which is kind of the, the sappy tie up moral at the end, Mm -hmm. but it's a good moral. It's a good thing is that they all learn like to trust each other and to be a part of each other's lives and to be a family basically. Yeah, definitely. And the first character that, that Jesse Eisenberg meets along his way is of course, Woody Harrelson, (laughs) who is this guy that is this, uh, dude, I don't even know how to describe his character. He's like this turbo American badass. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like he like stepped out of like a Kid Rock video. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Except he doesn't have terrible hair and, <laughs> and wispy facial hair. Uh, uh, Kid uh. Rock was gross. Uh, dude, as soon as he starts like spray painting the Dale Earnhardt number three onto so whatever great. vehicle he's occupying, it's yeah. like whatever you car it is, that's is. the first thing he's got to do yeah. is put Earnhardt's number right. on Right. He finds those guns, just got to fire them off in the air. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's, God, I love rednecks. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good, man. But the thing we learn about him is that's not who he was before. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's yeah. like that's only his post-apocalypse Like he's persona. obviously supposed to be from the South or whatever. He's not putting that on, but he just seems to have been a normal everyday dude before his son died because... I, I assume because of the zombie thing, but we don't know that. It's never really said. His son may have died earlier than that and he turned into this badass and when the zombie apocalypse came along he was already a badass see again that's one of those things kind of like saying that the girls are sisters that i just assumed but then watching this under a critical eye i was like actually they never told me that that was just something i 
guest. No wasted time on exposition. No. Uh-uh. It's yeah, great. You get the idea of why they are the way they are or where they are. Yeah. Without being led by the hand through every step of the way of, well, his son got sick and then blah, blah, blah. And then the zombie thing. And it's really impressive storytelling. Yeah, it is. That you get why they're there and you care without really knowing anything about it. Even though you yeah. think you do, but you don't. Yeah. And it's easy to like the characters. Even when they do unlikable stuff, they're still like yeah. doing stuff that makes sense if you think about it like if you take the information you've been given and think about it for a second it's like well of course they don't trust these guys yeah like, well, and the girls i mean our introduction to them is them swindling the mm-hmm. dudes the whole yeah, thing like oh my sister's been bit. several times in the movie yeah. they keep swindling them which is great dude that whole grocery store scene whenever uh-huh. woody harrelson walks in with like the banjo that's and great shit, yeah it's so fucking great very very memorable and really fucking funny and really mm. well done yeah it, it's shot well. Everything about this movie is just right down the middle. They really yeah. fucking nailed everything they were trying to do. So, I mean, I guess we're just going to be talking about how great it is for the next little bit. It's pretty <laughs> like, fucking great. Like, I can't it, lie. It's pretty fucking great, they, man. I mean, there are some things to get into for sure. But in the end, this is, this is a really good movie. Well, let's talk about some of the things that make this, I think, unique as we get ourselves another pull. Let's get us a low-carb pull. Let's do that, man. Let's get ourselves a Lagunitas. Make it a cauliflower pizza. <laughs> That's what it is, man. This is a daytime. Lagunitas daytime. I have not had this. Oh, have you not? Mm-mm. Oh, dude. You're going to love it. Like I'm excited. This, honestly, the dogfish head was great, but I predict that you'll be like, oh, this is what I'm going to drink yeah. whenever I have a little treat beer. Because this is fucking great. It, it tastes a, like a Lagunitas. It says here, the beer in your hand has achieved what we all hope for ourselves, to be made new again. Ooh. There is freedom and burning freedom. down the house of expectations. Burning down the and house. And it confers an, un, confers an undeniable likeness to being. We didn't invent these truths. They invented us. We invented the chicken sandwich. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Lagunitas just doesn't fuck up. Like, that tastes like a delicious Lagunitas. Yeah, it does. That tastes like a Lagunitas. Yeah. Somehow they got the taste of just their regular IPA into 98 calories and three carbs. Yeah. All right. It's fantastic. Like, the aftertaste, the finish is, like, definitely faster than when you have, like, a a, a Maximus or, Mm -hmm. like, a Hop Stupid, where, like, a lot of their beers really tend to just, like, stick to your palate and coat it which yeah. is amazing this is definitely a quicker finish that's really good but it's fucking great like that yeah. unlike the last one with the aftertaste kind of tastes like a pilsner mm-hmm. the aftertaste of this tastes like a lagunitas beer that is true Man, that is exactly what, what it tastes dude. like wherever you are in the country if you can find lagunitas treat yourself treat yourself treat yourself don't cheat yourself get yourself a pull off a lagunitas beer we love them so much man now one of the things that makes this movie unique from the get-go is definitely the narrative style Uh, yeah it's kind of narrated by jesse eisenberg right and one of the things that we get introduced to right at the very first of the movie is these rules of how to survive the zombie apocalypse yeah which is cool because, you know, there's like the handbook to surviving the zombie apocalypse and all this other stuff. So it almost feels like it's taking little chapters out of that book, which is a part of pop culture. Right. But it's told in such a way that you have these like on-screen captions that kind of remind me of like when you're playing Xbox and it's like award achieved. Uh-huh. These little things that pop up 
only the the characters and stuff interact with the captions that are on screen. Yeah, kind like, of by like opening the door or something. Yeah, they yeah. like knock the letters over, mm-hmm. but it's not as if they like see them and it's like, what is this? Get this shit out yeah. of the way. It's it's not crank. Yeah, they're yeah, not seeing exactly. the subtitles, but the, it it is being interacted with in the environment. Yeah, they're there just for us to see, and I love that that element, and they kind of keep that as like a thread that goes through the whole movie. Of like, you know, somebody will do a double tap and somewhere in the background you'll see double rule tap. number 24, yeah, the double tap reminder. Yeah, it's great, man. Just another like little unique thing to add into this to make it mm-hmm. more creative and I think stand out from the rest of the pack of zombie and other zombie comedy movies. So I just, I was thinking about why they had these things, why they had the rules, why yeah. they had the Twinkies, why they had this amusement park that they're aimed for. And what it is, is these these are the things that these people have chosen to care about when there's literally nothing to care about. Mm. Like the world wow. has fallen apart completely. And to just not go insane, they've decided to focus on these things. So hmm. Jesse... Okay, okay, I'm Jesse seeing Jesse Eisenberg, that. he, you know, he we see rules. him come up with a new rule whenever uh, Tallahassee says... You gotta enjoy the little things. Yeah. So he adds to his list of rules. He's, Rule number thirty-three: enjoy the yeah. little things. So right. he he's trying to like basically structure his life. Like these are the things I have to remember to do every single day. If I do these things, I'll continue to be alive. Nothing like nothing else really matters. Yeah. I'll just focus on doing these things. That makes sense because like in times of of, of dire situations, I think a lot of us do find something to put our energy towards yeah. to keep your life together and, and you know? pe- people that don't have those coping mechanisms will tend to fall into things like that but they won't be healthy usually like they'll be they'll repeat themselves over and over saying the same thing over and over trying to just like process what's going on because they're out what they're outwardly doing is not what's happening in their brain they're just doing that to have something to focus on yeah because that's just a, a natural human yeah. instinct Wow. So the okay, same so, with Tallahassee. Yeah, with the Twinkies. He's looking for these Twinkies. Like, because that's the only purpose he has in his life. He doesn't have his kid anymore, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, he just has to have something to focus on yeah. to find, and give his tr- life meaning and purpose. The truth of it really seems to be that he doesn't actually want to find them. Because in the snowball scene, if you look in the truck, you can see Twinkies in there. See, that's something that I read and I didn't notice it whenever yeah. I watched the movie this time because I wasn't really looking for it. But they're in the truck. They're in the truck. Later, when that one box of Twinkies gets shot, there's another box of Twinkies to the right of it. Yeah. He's not after Twinkies. He's, he's after using, the idea yes, of trying to find something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because if he finds them and Wes then eats over. them, they're disappointing. Right. This is absolutely true of a Twinkie. If you haven't had a Twinkie in a long time and you go back and eat a Twinkie, it's disappointing. It's not what you remember as a kid. Because it, as an adult, it just tastes like intense sugar and weird chemicals, and it just doesn't have that same magic. So getting the Twinkie would actually be a negative for him. Yeah, it's the idea of, of chasing it that's appealing. Yeah. Like the minute that you actually get it, the quest is over. Yeah. And your life has lost purpose. So it's better for him to never find him. Right. And huh. then, of course, we've got uh, Wichita and Little Rock who are going to this amusement park and what i gather from wichita is she knows they're going there to die oh because when they open the gate she would have if they she wanted to actually live they would have got out and closed the gate never had a problem with a zombie 
Oh. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. She was just... That was the end. Like She wanted to have a good time and then... Yeah, then Call die. it in. Yeah, cash yeah. in the chips. But of course, she can't say that. that to her sister because her sister's 12. Yeah. So she keeps that under wraps, but it seems pretty clear that there was no plan. It's almost like her focus is on giving this younger girl like some fun right before in she this dies. horrible, shitty yeah. world because she knows ultimately it's all futile. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very like fucking dark. Yeah. This movie's really dark. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but you can't tell because it's so funny. Yeah. And, and that is actually how it would be in reality. Like people wouldn't stop trying to be funny. It's the only way with, you could survive, dude. Yes. Yeah. That would be the only way you could deal with it because... It everything has fallen apart. Your entire world, like the idea of working towards anything, doesn't matter anymore. So, I mean, you got to make something out of it, right? Yeah. You got to make some humor. You got to figure out some reason to keep going. Otherwise, you just kill yourself. That's awesome that that you kind of found that thread of like people just trying to find something to focus on to make their lives meaningful or have purpose. Because that completely makes sense. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. Mm. That's really cool stuff, man. And you know, in addition to the humor, we've also got some great special effects, makeup, and mm-hmm. gore and stuff in this. There's some really well done shit in here, man. Yeah, this is by Tony Gardner. He did the Blob remake. He worked on the Blob remake. The, these were early in his career, so he was working with, I think, Rick Baker. I'm not positive. I've heard that that mm-hmm. Blob remake is awesome. Uh, yeah, it and, is. And P.S., there's a brand new episode of Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith's Batman podcast. Does he talk about it? He interviews Rick Baker. Oh, really? Dude. That's awesome. It's fucking great. Rick Baker is such a nerd, as you would expect. It seems like all those he special rules. effects guys are. Yeah, they're just geeks. Like, they're honestly, geeks. Savini is like the coolest He's the cool one. guy, yeah. Easily Savini the is the cool one. guy. Though, I imagine anybody who doesn't care about horror would be like, that's your cool guy? Yeah, totally, yeah. Like, no, he's the coolest dude in the world. What are you talking about? Rick Baker's got this amazing story about this, like, 35 cent, you know, basically, like, what would be the predecessor to Fangoria? Like, monster special effects yeah. of the 1950s mm-hmm. or whatever magazine that, like, he saved up his allowance to buy and it, like, that's changed awesome. his life. It's really cool be sure to listen to that uh he also worked on army of darkness and oh. there's something about mary that the the lynn shay's boobs part <laughs> those weren't actually okay. lynn shay's boobs wait that's lynn shay yeah like bob shay's uh-huh, wife? yeah the the tan lady no Dude, bob shay's is, uh, is uh, daughter oh daughter yeah, she also plays she's in a ton of movies now but she played the teacher in nightmare on elm street in the scene where uh nancy falls asleep and then sees yeah yeah, Freddy, yeah yeah uh yeah but yeah so he's worked on some cool stuff and definitely nailed this and he's back for part two so oh, cool. part two will look the same i love the scene in this where like there's that zombie in the middle of the road that's like chomping on that corpse and she like breaks the arm off and like eats the marrow out of the bone yes. it's so disgusting the zombies in this are like really moist yeah <laughs> <laughs> They're always like puking blood. Yeah, you liquids out. You would be, I would think, right? If your body decomposition tends to make things quite gooey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like. I've always wondered because there are different types of zombies. Certainly, I've always wondered the most decomposed type of zombie. Is there some flow of blood? Like, how are they moving? I mean, something's got to be working to make muscle right. action happen. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure about that. Get a doctor on that. Any yeah. doctors out there, tell me how zombies work. <laughs> I know you've been studying them in your we secret labs. And these are like some sprinter, wild-ass zombies, too. Yeah, they've got the 28 shufflers. Days Later type of... Uh, yeah. But it's... They are they are actually dead. They're not the 28 Days Later for sure because yeah, yeah. they're decomposing. Right. And I like, too, how this movie kind of sidesteps a lot of those zombie movie tropes where you find people in these situations where they're trying to defend themselves against a zombie that was maybe a loved one or whatever. Like, at the first of the movie... We have, you know, the, the whole encounter with 406. It's mm-hmm. like hot girl from across the hallway yeah. that he really liked. And he bashes her fucking head in with the back of a toilet tank. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, not he's... just like running like, no, I love you. Oh, I'm getting eaten now. Like, he does the thing where you're like, no, fucking defend yourself. Fucking put the shower curtain around her, which is yeah. awesome. Smash That's a good the choice. Tank. Yeah. If she can't bite you, you know. I love during like the uh, the cardio rule that he's outlining. Like, he's going uh-huh. for the car. He fumbles with the keys drops them and then runs around run, takes mm-hmm. another lap mm-hmm. yeah because in in zombie movies they're always like fumbling with the keys they drop them yeah. they, they pick them like, up oh no oh now i'm being devoured yeah it's but, like no it's just get away again yeah, drop them mm-hmm. run around the car a few times leave them behind then you get another try mm-hmm. it does a good job of like sidestepping some of those obvious zombie movie survivor tropes yep. you know that's true does that stuff really really well yeah it I think in a time when there was maybe too much zombie stuff, Zombieland stands out as having done something considerably different yeah. with the zombie story. Because it's even different from Shaun of the Dead, which isn't mm-hmm. too far off from being yeah, a Shaun contemporary. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead is 2005. This. this is 2009. It's four years later. Like It feels very different, though. Yes, I mean, they are both zombie comedies, but they don't really feel similar to me. No, they don't. They, they both live high on the horror comedy top 10 i would say yeah absolutely so but yeah for sure they they definitely have a different outlook and a different tone a different way of presenting everything this is still full of dry humor much like Shaun of the dead yeah but But it's dry american dry american humor yeah yeah so it's considerably more moist damp (laughs) yeah Yeah. damp Damp american humor that's what it is (laughs) one of the other things that's done really well in this movie is the use of some of those background characters and how they reoccur which is Uh something i didn't really notice i never noticed until yeah i watched it right before i left and i was like wait a second that gas station attendant was the guy who got ate in the the stall. Yeah, by the clown. No, yeah. not the clown zombie. The, yeah, the, just a zombie the that walked under the stall. Yeah, yeah Kate pointed that out. We were watching. She's like, wait, wasn't that guy that got swindled with the, the ring or whatever? Uh-huh. The guy that got eaten earlier? And I was like, oh, shit. That's totally him. And also the 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 fat guy who got eaten when he was talking about cardio is yeah. the guy later in the store when he plays the banjo. Uh, the guy who Tallahassee says has a pretty mouth. That's the fat that's guy that from guy. the beginning. Who got killed. I did not notice that. Yeah. Whoa, so that's him zombified. Uh-huh. Dude, that's cool. I didn't notice that. Which serves to give you a, a location. It reminds you where you are. You're yeah. in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Because that's where ta- or, uh, Columbus was, and he saw those things, so he hasn't left Austin for quite a while, which gives us more idea of what a shut-in he is. Yeah. 
because it's actually been a while since this started. It seems that way. And that's also indicated, too, that the timeline of this is something that has been growing for a while, but something you pointed out earlier. Yeah, whenever Tallahassee is uh, knocking the windows out of that minivan, in the background, there are posters. They're not like written on poster board. They're made by a printing company. Yeah, like printed. And so that indicates there was some society still going. And the posters say, We stand against the infected. Citizens against the horde. Share the information you have, which I assume is if you know someone's been bitten. Or Turn whatever. them in, yeah. And then one that was very strange to me, it's just a picture of a hand grenade. And it says, solve it. Holy shit. Yeah. So if you like, see there's him, kill him. Yeah, there's just this whole period of time where there was some human resistance that we didn't even see like this movie just goes out of its way to build this huge world without ever forcing it on us yeah yeah Yeah. it never gives us the whole breakdown like the 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 closest that it comes to that is whenever jesse's like oh there was mad cow and that led to man yeah the opening and like that's still pretty vague. It's still vague. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't talk about any sort of human resistance. He doesn't talk about this long Mm-mm. period where people were trying to fight them off or whatever. He just sort of introduces bare bones what's going on. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, you're right. It's like there's all these little tiny things that happen in the background that give us some of that world building without mm-hmm. explicitly telling us. It's like the movie is fine even if you don't notice that stuff. It's sure, also yeah. better if you do notice that stuff. That's true. It, it improves. That's the cool thing is when you when you go back and watch a movie that you really liked the first time and then you start noticing in the background like, oh, they didn't seem to care about this movie or whatever. Like They didn't put a lot of effort into it. It kind of makes you not like it as much. But when you go back to a movie you've loved and then you see like, wait, there's so much more going on to this. Like there's so much more depth to this movie I already like. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I like those kinds of movies where it's like you get out of it what you put into mm-hmm. it. You can just watch it for the laughs. That's Sure, fine. yeah. This movie's hilarious. Yeah. There's no reason why you even have to pay attention to all the stuff in the background. But they still put that there for dickheads like us. Yeah. Yeah. You could also just watch it for the fucking badass soundtrack. Yes. Dude, whenever we watch this for the first time and during those opening credits, which are utterly fantastic, uh-huh. all these slow motion zombie situations of like, there's like businessmen running out of a zombie stripper bar uh-huh. where like the chick's got like nipple tassels on yes. and she's been zombified. And when she's running, running after the tassels, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, amazing. And it's to the soundtrack of For Whom the Bell Tolls for by Metallica. <laughs> My buddy Joe used to think the chorus said Valley of the Trolls. Valley of the, the Trolls. Trolls. Oh, okay. Which works too. Yeah. But dude, whenever we saw that in the theater and it was like, holy fuck, they're putting old school Metallica in the credits. Yeah. I was like, I am way on deck with this. And then later on, they start playing fucking Everybody Wants Some by Van uh-huh. Halen. Like, not even playing, Ooh. you know, like Ain't Talking About Love. No. Or another, like, you know, a level Van Halen song, Jump. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They put but the perfect everybody song for the moment. Because that's when he starts, yeah. they find the guns in the Hummer and he starts firing everybody off the wants gun. Them. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And also, the uh, the original music they did for the movie is good. fantastic. Really too. good. Yeah. Absolutely no complaints about that, man. Yeah. Music in this is awesome. 
Didn't I think say, I'm, find, I'm trying to find something to complain about. Honestly, I know, I know really. Yeah, it's one of those that it it's is kind of it is kind of difficult to to find something yeah. to really nag about, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't you say there's like a, a Herb Mangione song or something in there? <laughs> uh, what's his name? Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione. Uh, yeah, there's a Chuck Mangione. Herb Alpert. As soon as I was there's also of. Hank Williams. Yeah, some yeah. Hank in there. That's right. Yeah, it's all over the place and it all works. It all comes together. We can't not mention maybe the greatest cameo in horror history. Yeah. Of them rolling up to this Hollywood A-lister's mansion. That's a big BM. That's a big BM. <laughs> motherfucking Bill Murray. Uh-huh. Dude, and when his character is introduced and he's like awaking on that bed and you can tell he's all zombified and stuff. Yeah. And then it turns out he's just in costume. Yes. And oh, that my God. really improved the movie. Tremendously. To, yes. And he's in the movie as Bill Murray. He's just playing Bill Murray. Yeah. And, and I'm sure and he's Woody Harrelson, who was up. in Kingpin with him, says, I love all your movies. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me, uh, there's a joke in season six of Community, uh, Paget Brewster plays a, a recurring character in season six. She actually played a, a bit role in season five where she was the IT lady. And the, there's a joke in season six where she says, I keep trying to call the IT lady but then a bright, a bright white light flashes and I wake <laughs> up with hell? a bloody nose. <laughs> Holy shit. And Deep callback. I feel like that's probably what Woody Harrell, like the character in this when he watched Kingpin was like he just woke up after a bright like, flash what? of light like what was that movie? <laughs> it's kind of like how they have Rachel Dratch as like all those characters on 30 Rock. Yes. <laughs> She's always like the damn cat wrangler and then she'll be like an exterminator. And she was like the blue thing that uh, Tracy was yeah. seeing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, dude. Bill Murray showing up in this was utterly hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then Emma Stone's like wax the shit out of him. Because <laughs> they're like getting stoned and stuff. Ooh. 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 Not a zombie noise, yeah. <laughs> and they like all get stoned and stuff, and they watch Ghostbusters. That's like honestly, if I went to hang out with Bill Murray, that's what I'd want to do with him. Hell yeah! yeah like, can we watch Bill- Ghostbusters? Yeah, I just, just tell me stories, stories about, about Ghostbusters, it and, stuff. <laughs> and the fact that he was game to do it and to recreate a scene. In Zombieland from Ghostbusters. Dude, and Emma Stone doing her She's Annie Potts. Perfect Annie Potts impression. Perfect. Oh my God. It's so fantastic, mm-hmm. man. And then, dude, that scene whenever they're like, hey, go in here and sneak up on them in your <laughs> zombie outfit. <laughs> and then he just gets blown away. <laughs> I don't think that I've ever heard an audience in a movie theater have a reaction quite like that. Yeah. Where it's this. This simultaneous shock mm-hmm. and, and laughter, laughter. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. Like, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. yeah. It was like the loudest, weirdest noise <laughs> I think I've ever heard while watching a movie because it's hilarious. And then you're also like, oh, fucking no. They Bill just Murray. killed Bill Murray. Yeah. It was so genuine and awesome. Mm. And yeah, the first time that that happens when you watch this movie mm. is pretty unforgettable because you definitely don't expect for them to accidentally just blow Bill Murray away. No, you expect, well, he's there. He's going to be there the it's rest like of Bill the movie. Murray, yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's nope, not. He's he doesn't dead. last very long. <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> Garfield, maybe. <laughs> uh, I So Woody Harrelson said that Bill Murray improvised most of his part. Yeah, I which I imagine was in like just terrible for the other actors because they were how all do you cracking keep up? up. Yeah. yeah, how do you fucking keep up? And you can tell because 
the every shot they have of them reacting to the lines is a shot of them by themselves. It's a cutaway. It's a cutaway. So they definitely were like, okay, react to that funny thing Bill said now. Like, cause there Dude. are no shots of them all together when he's talking. Because if there I were, they, somebody would laugh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dude, I did not <laughs> notice that. That's funny. Yeah, that's amazing. Dude, Bill Murray is just the best. Yeah. He's the fucking yeah. best, man. I love so much that he was in this movie. Mm, I, will we ever? Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. I was going to say, will we ever get to talk about Bill Murray again? Fucking but Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. yeah. And you know Scrooge. what? Scrooge. We yeah. could do Scrooge at Christmas. That's, That's got some more elements mm-hmm. in there. Actually, it has some really great special effects. And it stuff does. Too. Yeah. His boss that comes back is like the golfer. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Scrooge is That's awesome. a good movie. Yeah. That's a great movie. And also fucking... Ah, uh, oh, damn it. What's her name? Fuck. Uh, Carol... Uh, uh, Carol Kane? Carol Kane is yeah. in there as well. Yes. So we get to do our Carol Kane voices again. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I know everybody's been wanting that. <laughs> more Carol Kane. I can't remember how we did it. Damn it. It's more like Carol Kane. It's Carol Kane. <laughs> People want that. They for love sure. that voice. All right, Steve. I've got to... I've got to break something down for you. Break it down. About oh. this movie. And this is just this is just my outlook, my opinion. Maybe I've got maybe I've got a, a box fever right I hope now. So maybe I've overdosed on packing up boxes full of stuff. Maybe the fumes from that that clear packing tape have really got to my head. I just have to ask you a question. Oh, all right, go ahead. Is this movie maybe possibly? I'm not saying definitely. Possibly maybe. Possibly maybe about. The Western expansion of white people in America and the brutal destruction of the Native Americans. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. Well, just give that, me a second. There is that Calumet uh, Indian baking in powder yeah. in the background. Mm-hmm. So let me yeah. just put it to you this way. Okay. We've got a whole bunch of white people. Sure. Our main character's name Columbus. Whoa. He is joined by. Tallahassee and Wichita, which are named after Native American tribes that were destroyed mm-hmm. by white people. Right, right, right. They are on a quest to head west to Pacific Paradise. Okay. Where they think there will be no more of these things that are plaguing them in their journey across America. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. I'm Along convinced. the way, they I'm brutally convinced. destroy uh-huh. these zombies and stuff that are already there. They walk into a place that's selling uh, fucked up cheap native american stuff and Here's destroy the thing. it it could have been any gift shop yeah it could have been any fucking gift shop they specifically chose a native american gift shop i would love if they came out and said that that were the case because am Here's i crazy is it no, not right the there that's not actually crazy is that a lot of writers will work off of stuff like that they'll yeah. work off of some real big uh event or real big theme that will distill very, very lightly into the finished product. Like, it won't be very obvious. Yeah. But it seems like, yeah, I would say just as you were saying it, all the evidence lines up. It seems to be, at at the very least, in there. I think it has to be. Yeah. I think it has to be. And there's also just, like, little things that you could think about and consider... To add to that. Yeah. All of the vehicles that they drive are American. Humvees, okay. Cadillacs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all American cars. Yeah. 
uh, which again he emblazons with NASCAR, numbers, uh-huh. which couldn't be more American. America, yeah, America. How many rules does Jesse Eisenberg have? He had thirty-three, three, which is of course the most holy Masonic number, which is emblazoned yeah. all over American history. That is true. Hmm. I mean. I think it's there. I think we need to make a room 237 about zombie land. I think you might be right. <laughs> I mean, dude, Columbus. He's called Columbus. Yeah. No, it, you're absolutely right. I see it. I mean, even naming her Little Rock is an imitation of an Indian name. Yeah. Even though it's a city, it's also an imitation of an Indian name. So yep. that, that is... Huh. I know. It's something to consider. And I mean, like I said, it really hit me when they specifically trash this Native American store. Yeah. And they just, and they should, they're just selling, it. yeah, they're just selling like cheap trinkets that basically are appropriating Native American culture for tourist dollars. And they absolutely disrespect it and don't give a shit about it yeah. and just trash it. I, I cannot disagree. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I can't. Even. Something to consider. Like, I want to know from other people if I'm looking way too much into this, but no, I think I'm on to something. I think you're very personally. much on to something, and I, I want to interview these two guys now. Yeah, and, with that and, in mind. And, yeah, not even like, not even indicate to them that I'm on to them. Yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. suddenly, like, so. Uh, you guys know, really went on the war path with this movie, am I that's right? That's interesting, huh? Huh. You know, leaving this uh, after that buck scene, I'd say there were a trail of tears behind me. <laughs> They're like, wait, 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 wait. I've not seen anybody else talk about this. No, that that was nowhere in any of the research I found. So, yeah, but I I buy it. Yeah, I buy it. Because, like I said, they just absolutely mow them down. Yeah. As they pursue their westward expansion. And you could very easily associate um, the expansion of of white people across this continent as zombies terrorizing the land. Yeah. Because that's what they were. They were consuming everything Mm -hmm. and destroying for no reason. So, yeah, the the Native Americans see these white expansionist settlers uh, just coming in and consuming everything yeah. and destroying everything with no regard for any of their traditions and the ideas of sustainability that they seem to have lived by some some tribes it's always weird to talk about native americans as a monolith because there were so many freaking tribes oh that God, they yeah. did not all believe the same thing no. and there certainly were Native Americans who were assholes. Sure. There's assholes everywhere. We always assume they're like all peaceful and in tune with nature. No, some of them were just shitheads. Yeah, that's just humans for you right yeah, there. Yeah, that's how humans are. And I mean, the fact is that they're going to Pacific Playland. Like, yeah. it's like the idea of when they reach California and finally expand all the way to the West Coast, that everything will be groovy. Yeah. That, I mean, you're right. It, it's It's totally there. And that's something. Madness. Uh, it's something I assume somebody will hear from us and make a video that gets like 2 million views without ever mentioning <laughs> the idea that trademark they got lovely. lovely. Trademark <laughs> lovely. I will tell you what, though. Seeing them destroy that gift shop was totally like me living out my, my long-standing recurring dream that I have where I get yeah. to destroy a grocery yeah. store. It was completely like that. Just them in slow motion, tipping those shelves mm-hmm. over, breaking shit. It was like, dude, this is exactly what I do in my dreams when I realize I'm dreaming and I'm in a grocery store. Just I, fucking trash it. It looks so fun. There has to be a video game out there where that's all you do. Because, like, 
I get it. Somebody might be like, oh, GTA. Well, no, if you fire a rocket at a building in GTA, it does not affect it. Only yeah. some things can be fucked up. I want a game where every single thing can be fucked up. I've always wanted that. I want to level All everything, it. man. And, and I don't want to be a big monster like in Rampage. No, I, I want to be, be human. Yeah. I want to be like, if I were destroying shit, what would I do? Like, yep. It just sounds fun. And the thing is, is you got to have ways to blow off steam when you're in the zombie apocalypse, when everything that's ever been built around America no longer matters and like material goods have no meaning and money has no meaning. You got to do something. Very clear how little meaning everything has to them. Like when he wipes his tears with the real money, (laughs) whenever they're just (laughs) shooting shit in Bill Murray's house, like just shooting probably thousand, hundred thousand dollar pottery and shit. They don't care. None of it matters anymore. It's all gone. How would you be blowing off some steam if you found yourself yeah. in a what zombie I apocalypse? I would definitely fuck some shit up. That would be fun. Um, huh. I think I'd be breaking a lot of glass. Like, that's one of those things that to me is yeah, always... Yeah, it's always satisfying. Extremely appealing. It is I mean, always even satisfying. if you're just like throwing a rock through an old window. Uh-huh. Like, basically, I don't know about you... But any time that I have something that's like glass that I'm going to throw away, like, oh, here's this old cracked picture frame or whatever, right. throw this in the trash, I will always try to just destroy the fuck out of it whenever I throw it in the trash can. There's just, yeah, I, the, never, I never really take a lot of care The appeal yeah, of just, just hearing that glass there. shatter. And I'm also just hoping to summon Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously. if you get the right glass break. He will show up. He'll appear, man. He will stun somebody in the room, drink a six-pack of beer, flip you off and leave. Throw some deuces up, Uh man. Absolutely so. Watched his Hot Ones episode recently. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's It's really good. It's fantastic. It's a great interview. Sean Evans is the best interviewer, I think, out there of celebrities. I don't know how he would do against politicians, but... I'd like to see. I would it. love to see. I that. would like to see Sean Evans get to interview a politician. I Dude, bet he'd be like a moderator the fuck out of him. at like one of these like yeah. debates and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I would be way on deck with that. All right, Mr. President, explain that, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dutiful. What if like the way we've been having these like Democratic debates and stuff mm-hmm. here recently? What if they were all up there eating hot wings? I would love it. That'd be so much better. Yeah, because the, the hotter... That's the, the the genius of Hot Ones, is that the hotter it gets, the more your walls fall down, and yeah. you can't lie. Nope. You, just, you can't even come up with something, so you just say the truth. It's like the lightest form of like torture possible. Uh-huh. To but the, the torturer is also going through it with you. That's true. Even though like, yeah. every time somebody has called him out, anytime somebody switched wings with him, they found out he's eating the same fucking shit. Yeah. So yep. like, yeah, he's, he's like, he's going on a journey with you, but he's also like putting you in a corner where you can't possibly lie. It's Dude, great. I want to try them sauces too. Those Me hot too. Wing sauces. Me too. I think, I, I think in reality, like if I were on hot ones, I would eat every single one, but I would regret it for a week probably. Yeah, the, uh, I imagine they get pretty fucking. Agonizing but in reality, the like the only ones I think are probably good are up to like five. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe those hotter ones do taste good, but I know. I, I know for sure I don't want da bomb. 
I mean, Nobody has ever eaten yeah. Da Bomb and been like, this is, this is good. delicious. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's like, like, this tastes like you. burnt rubber. <laughs> yeah, this is awful. It's like a chemical weapon. Yeah. Maybe that'd be awesome if one time, maybe one time during the show, we go so low carb that all we do is eat hot wings during the show. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. If our show was us eating hot wings, I'm fine with that. It's the only horror movie mukbang podcast. <laughs> In all the known multiverse. Are, are there mukbang podcasts? Who God damn would it. Listen you know that? that there are. You know there are. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's that one lady. Have you ever seen the mukbang video of that lady Fuck eating that no. huge lobster? No. Why would oh I? Oh, my God. She has a, like a salad serving bowl full of melted butter and this gigantic lobster. And she's just like... Like I'm doing Gross. it away from the mic because I don't even want to hear those noises no, when I'm uh, editing this. No. <laughs> but like just so loud. I don't get it. I don't get their appeal. I think what we what we really learn whenever we see like the number of views these YouTube videos get are just, it's just the fact that like humans are openly disgusting and love being disgusting and experiencing yeah. disgusting shit. That's true. I mean fucking Dr. Pimple Popper is probably a goddamn She's got a show now, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean well, pimple popping is, is is big with the ladies. It seems. It seems that way. Yeah. Uh, I think. Ugh. I think a lot of that probably has to do with feeling like you don't have control in your real life because women are oppressed, and so you take some control. I yes. can get rid of that blackhead. Maybe I feel you clean do. now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Biore Strip. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> so I noticed something that I think is just a real. A real bright idea in writing. They use the word smooth three times. Thrice. Thrice, one would say. They use it when Jesse Eisenberg has that cup of, I guess, probably Code Red probably Mountain Code Dew. Red, yeah. yeah. It, and he's playing his video game and he I, tries to tip it up without using his hands. <laughs> yeah. And gets it all over himself and he says, smooth. smooth. Then... Later, Tallahassee offers him that liquor, and then he, you know, just pretends it, shoots it out chucks the window, it out the window, and great. it says, smooth. Yeah. And then later again, Bill Murray lights up the bong, and then uh, Woody Harrelson starts coughing, and uh, Bill Murray says, smooth, isn't it? So you think that's very deliberate? I think it's very deliberate, huh. but it's, it's a genius move, because the it doesn't stick out, but your brain will catch it. Your brain catches all these things. So your brain then sees there's a connection through these things and you feel more like the story is consistent and connected. Hmm. I mean, the fact that the story is, in fact, consistent and connected does that the most effective. But this helps to bridge the three different acts. In fact, the first one happens in the first act. The second one happens at the beginning of the second act. And the third one happens at the end of the second act. Hmm. So they're they're really bridging together all these different things. They do it also with the Twinkie because the Twinkie is not only Woody Harrelson's goal, but it's something that gets talked about by each of the characters. And then also when they're watching Ghostbusters. That's a hell of a big Twinkie. That's a hell of a big Twinkie is the yeah, line that they I show. I noticed that this time where I was like, yeah. man, they're just keeping this in everything. It's like it, a little musical motif throughout yeah, a, a exactly. Piece. It yeah. feels more compact. It feels more together because of that motif that runs through. Yeah. Even if it's like little subtle psychological yes, things. It doesn't you know? have to be the big stuff. The smaller things, in fact, can help a, an already solid story 
like go into the stratosphere yeah just be something that people really connect with because you feel i don't know like it's just this thing where you feel successful when your brain makes these connections Mm -hmm. even when you don't know it consciously when your brain is connecting things and everything's going together you feel smart and you feel like you've done something yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so seeing like, all the pieces come together. Exactly. Which is why great classical music does the same stuff. Yeah. Any great piece of music will tend to carry motifs throughout yep. that just keep bringing you back. Absolutely. Like one of the one of the examples I always think about whenever I'm thinking about that that same thing you were just talking about. Like next time you're you're listening to the radio and they start playing like Inner Sandman by Metallica, right? Mm-hmm. Like what we think of now is one of the most overplayed metal songs in history. Right. Uh but think about it next time you listen to this and be watchful of how many times they use that little phrase that goes, dun, 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 dun. You know, that little thing that kind of wraps up the riff. It's in like every fucking riff through the whole song. Yeah. The entire time. There's something going, dun, 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 dun. Huh. At the end of like everything. But it's just like a little subtle thing. It's not like a big attention grabbing deal. But, like, think about it in terms of, like, yeah, it's in the main riff. Mm-hmm. It's also what it's played behind, after never, never land. It's that same little yeah. lick. It's in the verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, to include everyone. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. It's in every fucking riff yeah. of the song. It's not a big standout thing. And a lot of times, like, during the chorus, it's behind a vocal and stuff. But you're right. Little things like that that recur, I think, build this... Uh, psychological thread mm-hmm. that links its way through an entire piece, whether it be a mm. movie or a song that, like you said, makes it feel very complete and very whole, yeah. you know? Hey, and if anyone thinks we're digging too much out there, I'm telling you, if, you, if you're if you not thinking about these things in your creative endeavors, you step up. Step, yeah. step up a level. You really do need to be thinking about how your audience is going to feel at the end of this and what you generally want with a movie especially a movie that is a a comedy throughout is for your audience to feel happy when they leave and what makes people feel happy more than anything is being right yeah when they feel correct when they feel they've done something or accomplished something Mm mm-hmm so, I mean, that's why like, it goes back to Eddie Murphy's joke about why white dudes loved Rocky so much. Because they got to f- fulfill their power fantasy of being bigger and stronger than the big black guy. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and that is it. That Damn. is it entirely. Yeah. And, and like so much of creativity is finding how to make people feel good about what you've done. Uh, and then, of course, there are the people who know that and then manipulate it the other way. They want you to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, we get that, for instance, with a lot of Rob Zombie's movies where you don't ever feel good. Like, everything everything that would flow right, he sort of, like, undercuts it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get the scene with Captain Spaulding being this nice-seeming clown guy and then suddenly it turns yeah yeah a real bad way and you feel gross there's expectation fulfillment which is good for our brains and expectation 
uh, then it takes a different path. Yeah. Which is interesting to us. It's it interesting. Yeah. We, we want to see yeah. like, oh, where's this going to go? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it draws us in instead of making us feel like we've accomplished something. It's like, oh, well, you need to try and understand this. And there's a fine line between yeah. predictability and yes. that anticipation and being like, oh, yes, this worked out the way that I thought that it would. Yeah. And that's very satisfying in a way somehow. Yeah. Because ultimately this movie doesn't really go for a big like emotional sucker punch like... Oh, no. this hard-ass Woody Harrelson character who was so mean and gruff the whole movie, he died to save his friends. Like, that doesn't happen. No, he no. survives. Yeah, everybody gets out alive. Everybody gets out alive. It's a happy ending. Yeah, and that's great. Like, that's I couldn't imagine wonderful. this really You don't see that in zombie movies. No. Like, that's what... They were subverting something. They True. were saying, you know how you walk into a zombie movie and walk out feeling gross? Well, in this one, you walk out feeling like you've done something and these are your friends. And everything's awesome now. Yeah. And then they work together and they get out. Yeah. And hopefully everything's better. Yeah. It's great, man. It's Honestly, a great movie, like, yeah. there's, there's very little to complain about this movie. Yeah. It's very simple. Like, there's not any kind of, like, crazy B story of some crazy conspiracy of, oh, and the government made these zombies yeah, and blah, blah, blah. There's yeah. nothing really going on on a B story in this movie. There isn't really. No. It is all... It's all together. Yeah. I mean, the A and B story are just the, just what's going on with Tallahassee and, and Columbus and what's going on with uh, Little Rock and yeah. Wichita. I mean, they cashed but in all their chips. But they're together most of the time. Yeah. They cashed in all their chips on like, what if we just made the characters really good and really lovable mm-hmm. and you'll just enjoy spending all your time with them. Okay. Well, that's enough. Which is also an indication that it was a spec script for a pilot where what you're setting up is... We want people to love these characters so they'll come back for the conflict. That's true. So, like, just so much of this comes back to the fact that they thought this would be a TV show and they had expanded this world so much just in brainstorming what it would be like that they were able to feed that in through the characters without stuffing it in in places where it doesn't fit. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, pretty genius, I would say. In the end, this is a, like definitely signs of an amazing script. Uh, really good directing. I think the action scenes in this are amazing. Like yeah, they are, they're great. They're they're quick, they're efficient. They don't spend too much time on anything. I mean, even even when Woody Harrelson's in that cage, just destroying zombies that doesn't actually last as long as it seems. No, it doesn't. It's only about like fifteen twenty seconds. Yeah. But, like, so much action happens in that 15 to 20 seconds that you feel like you're watching a whole bunch of stuff. And the girls are Isaac, trapped up at the top. Oh, of the my thing. gosh. That's so... Yeah. T- that's, like, the perfect tense idea of something lowering you down Slowly. to zombies. Yeah, that, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, those those kinds of rides is, like, you know, drop kind of rides mm-hmm. are tense enough as it is. Yeah. But then when you... Also, You're also factor in zombies. Yeah, dude. It's they great. shot that on a green screen, but I believe when they're in the pirate ship, they, they're actually in that ship. That's, that's cool. just shots of them riding the ride. Nice. But uh, yeah, that that's just such a great tense moment. I when Whenever you're thinking of what fun could you have in an amusement park with zombies, they figured out most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put some thought into yeah. it, man. You got any final thoughts, rating, and stuff mm. like that about this flick? Yeah, I'm going to give it a Springer's final thought. Yeah? You know, I'm going to turn to the left. You know, <laughs> it's over there. I, I loved how Springer's final thought was like, the episode was like, 
uh, Nazi trans men who love black women. <laughs> and then like, he'd have a final thought that was about like, humans need to learn to get along. <laughs> just like, Wait, what? At the end of the day, <laughs> where did that come what? from Springer? Final thoughts. I've said, it, I've said it all. Like there, there's nothing more about this movie that like nothing I would complain about. Really? No. It is a fun watch. It's never drags. Mm-mm. It has a great comedy, great acting, great directing, great writing. I, I can't recommend it more highly. Yeah. I like do it. Give it a 10. I don't give a shit. It's a 10. Boom. 10. Yeah. Damn. Dropping that dime Boom. on this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't argue with you really. Yeah. Like it's like you said, it is a very well paced, well acted, uh, the humor is great and never forced. Like it never yeah. feels like they shoehorned humor no. or horror or action in any of this stuff. It all just kind of seems to work very naturally and flow well, and very well. Like both sets have the straight man. The straight man is Jesse Eisenberg. Like one would say Tallahassee is the straight man, but he, he's not. He's the one who's making the jokes. Oh yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is the straight man throughout. And then uh, Wichita, she seems to be like just, doesn't really make jokes, but then Abigail Breslin, she's the jokey one. And, and because you have the two straight men with these two wackier characters, like each scene with them is a delight. Like they're always building comedy without having to do jokey shit. Yeah. yeah. And it's great too that the, the jokey characters are polar opposites. It's an uh-huh. old man and a <laughs> and young a girl. girl. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really feel like they're clones of each other's characters or anything, but yeah. they are essentially fulfilling the same role of like adding the humor mm-hmm. and stuff into their into their dialogue. Yeah, well paced, very efficient. Like I don't feel like there's really any wasted moments. No, in this movie, it doesn't know, yeah, overstay. I would them. cut. I no. wouldn't think. I feel like a lot of people would try to make this in like a two and a half hour long movie. It just doesn't need that. It's like it eighty eight no. minutes, dude. Yeah. It's short. It's a short movie. And it feels like it should have been that long. Uh-huh. And I don't know what the sequel's running time is, but hopefully about the same. I can't wait to see it. I wish that I had more time that I could be like, definitely we're doing a mini-sode on it. I'm not yeah. doing anything this week. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, we, we will yeah. will try to do it. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. Do it. Yeah, because yeah, I would love to watch it, especially after having just watched this and, and remembering uh, how much I dig this movie and how yeah. fantastic it is. I don't know if I'm going to go total dime on it with okay. you. I think I'm going to say like a nine. All right. I think it's a nine for me. That makes it's, sense. It's just one of those movies that like, why wouldn't you watch it? Yeah, great I, gore, I can't. Great comedy, great acting. It looks good. Why the fuck wouldn't you? And it's, I would say even like, if you got teenagers and they want to watch Zombieland, let them watch Zombieland. Like, yeah, it's not, it's really it's not, not like gratuitously anything, honestly. Yeah. It's just a great movie. Fun time. Totally agree, man. Now, next week on the show, we're going to be talking about something that I will tell you about after we uh, ask you to give us your money. <laughs> Boom. That was smooth, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Honest. Uh, it was honest. It was honest. That is yeah. true. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. You head over there. You give us a dollar, three dollars, five dollars a month. If you give us five dollars a month, you can submit a title. Uh, we will tell you in just a second who won the drawing that we yeah, did today. Yeah, the month of October. But uh, if you, you head over to Patreon, you can donate some money. 
If you only have a dollar to donate a month, that's fine. Sick. We'll give you a shout out on the show. Absolutely. Just like these fine people. Listen to them. They're so fine. Blake Popst. Blake Popst. I want to uh, not excommunicate this Pope stuff. <laughs> what? Is that good? That worked. That, that worked. Was, yeah. that was people, awesome. people love that one. David Beebe. David Beebe? What's uh-huh. up, buddy? How are you doing? David Beebe Gun. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's what they call him. Beebe Gun? Beebe Gun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Jason Rome. Rome, if you want to, to Jason around the, the world. world. Jason around the world. That's where you just slowly walk with a machete. It takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while. And Andy Rohr. Now, Ben, I want to tell you something about Andy Rohr and Jason Rome. They both spell their last name R-O-H and then whatever. I had an idea. Andy Rohr, I need you to find your great-great-grandfather's tombstone. Okay. Go to his tombstone. What you're going to see probably is a little bit of dirt up in the corner right mm. near the, the last R. Okay. Wipe that away. You're going to find out it's an M. You guys are long lost brothers. Oh my God. Jason and Andy, I know. You're crying right now. You're crying. But you making g- you connections. Got, you guys got to get together. Bringing people together. Mm-hmm. You guys got to get together. Hear me roar. <laughs> I was waiting on that. That was a good one. Yeah, hear me roar. Yeah. Got it. Thank you guys so much for giving us your dollar papers, your digital dollar papers. Yeah, they're still dollar papers. Yeah. I mean, like, they go digital to, like, another service through that service to the bank, and then, like, you could take it out of the ATM. And then I can take that to a bank and get an equivalent amount of gold to back my dollar papers, (laughs) right? That's how that works? That is, uh, no, no, that's that's incorrect, yeah. Oh, so it means nothing. (laughs) Because money is a yeah. shared hallucination that we've just all agreed on. Got yeah, it. That is exactly. Well, what thank it is. you guys so much for giving us a piece of your shared hallucination <laughs> that is money. It's just paper. It has no meaning. Thanks so much for giving us that. I, I, you know what? I'll shared take it. hallucination. How many shared hallucinations does it cost? Five, ten bucks. I'm for it. I'll take them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask the next time I'm about to pay for something. How many shared hallucinations is that? <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, dollars, mm-hmm. money. Yeah, it means nothing. And then, and then I'll uh, I'll put my monocle up and go. <laughs> <laughs> Just How a quaint. Mm. You didn't get it. Mm. <laughs> I expected as much. <laughs> and then the cashier Thus will be the like, "Lot of the proletariat." <laughs> and then the cashier will be like, "Go warn them." Go warn them. Ah. (laughs) Well, thanks to you wonderful, fantastic patrons who support us with your hallucinary dollars. (laughs) We're going to be talking about Cabin in the Woods next time. Dude, so excited for that. Yes. I don't know how we haven't covered it up to this point. I don't either, because it's one of my goddamn fucking favorites, and I watch it every Halloween season. Man, I'm excited. Me too. Thanks to you guys for submitting all of your awesome titles. Yeah. We're going to get to all of them eventually, I imagine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Every single horror movie. All of them. We're going to do mm-hmm. all the movies. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to talking about this one because it is definitely one of my favorites. Thank you guys so much for submitting so many great movies for us to randomly draw from and land on. You guys have been really just batting a thousand lately, man. Yeah. All the Patreon picks have been fantastic. They really have. I mean, we did like four in one month 
and those all got like tons of listens people were super yeah, excited because I mean, it was movies. alien they live like uh, great yeah. stuff some a-list shit uh-huh so you guys be sure to tune in next time we'll be talking about that flick i'm very excited about it i will hopefully be like less deliriously exhausted than i have been the past couple weeks yeah hopefully somebody will have bought my house by then and uh, i'll be living in a mansion in the hills oh is that where you're going yeah up in the hills okay yeah i'm gonna build it into the hill like a little hobbit house are you gonna move to beverly hills that is that's where i want to be swimming pools movie stars stars. black gold texas tea (laughs) that was a that was a theme song it was back in the day hell of a thing just say words just talk stuff i guess that's fine Well, you guys have been fantastic. We have been dead and lovely and extremely exhausted. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.